0: Welcome to The Other Side of Midnight. I'm going to be your host for the night. Richard's having a computer issue. Uh, I'm Keith Morgan. I actually hosted last week's as well. Um, Richard's having problems with his uh, alien machine. Of course, it's an alien that's going to cause problems, of course. But <clears throat> uh, I think we should always try to give you a live show, not disappoint you guys. So I'm sitting in for Richard, and uh, we've got uh, three other team members here. We're going to have uh, Andrew Curry, Ron Gerbron, and Will Ferrer. Uh We're all, all going to be doing uh, evaluations of images from Mars, which is what we do. And uh, you guys heard me talk about the, the Morgan Curve and the history behind that. So that was a recap. Tonight, you're going to get an update of all the stuff that's been going on uh, to this point um, with the new pictures and the the last one with the uh, Ingenuity picture showing the, the remnants of the parachute and the, uh, the back plane cover that was uh, released when it released the rover to land on the surface. Um, <clears throat> I had an interesting day today. I was at the uh, the observation deck. It's sort of like a metaverse thing where you're there with, here, uh, you're, you're an avatar, and you get to interact with everybody and so forth. And uh, they were doing a thing with Stephen Bassett, Dan- Daniel Sheehan, um, was the uh, Dolan, and a whole bunch of others. And uh, it went over pretty well. Uh, They may not be doing another one because I think they reached a budget uh, on how much they're paying for being, or not paying for this, but their budget can't afford them to be actually be using the uh, observation deck um, in the future. But uh, this was a free freebie and it went over pretty nice. It It was really nice. Um, the guys had a lot to say, uh, Stephen and, uh, Danny, they both had, you know, good points to make and things like that. And I found it was interesting. So, I uh, hope it's not the future, but, um, it's an, it was a nice environment. So I'm not going to take up our time anymore because, uh, I want to bring on my, uh, my co-guest or co-hosts because we're all part of the uh, Enterprise Mission Imaging Team. And uh, we're going to talk about um, what's new on Mars. And so this is uh, Meanwhile on Mars, Part 2. So guys, how are you? You You're now on the uh, air. Um, Hello. So We've got Ron Gerberon. How are you, Ron? You still there?
1: Yeah, I'm here. I got uh, deputized to run through a couple of Richard's items. Okay. There's a couple of them. I did We only had a chance to talk about a few of them, so I don't understand half of them. But the uh, we'll, we'll cover the important ones, and it'll take less time
0: okay.
1: <laughs> than usual. Have- and then we'll go on to other things. For-
0: okay. And we have Andrew Curry, and Andrew's one of our our team artists and. Uh, members of the imaging team. Andrew, you there?
2: I am here. Hi Keith. Thank you very much. And, uh, thank you for having me back on the show. Okay. Looking and, forward to it. Yeah,
0: And we've had a, we have a, uh, long-term, um, member who's comes in every often, uh, Will Farrer and, uh, he's joining us and he's got some really good stuff from his gigapans that he's been looking at. I saw something in a gigapan, um, uh, from Keith Laney, it looked like a small bubble wrap that was painted green, and it was sticking up from behind a rock. And it looked like it was some kind of reptilian texture on something living. And when them taking all the green out of the picture, I was surprised it was still green. So, uh, Will, you there?
3: Yeah, Laney yeah, does some of those amazing – Amazing gigapans. He's uh he really gets into the raw data good. And uh what I've got up there is from a curiosity saw that I've been going through lately. It just was totally cool. So we get to those we do I know there's a ton of things in there to to, to talk about.
1: Okay. Yeah, curiosity's a bit more of a target rich environment than um Jezero has been for Perseverance so far. There's an awful lot of stuff there in Gale.
3: It really is. I mean it's it's, it's so blatant too like some of the structures and things like that I've, there's some that are still intact <laughs> but, so it's, but when you're looking at the uh the percy stuff you know perseverance it definitely is a little bit more wide open it seems the uh they they picked a little bit not as crunched in there's not as many boulders to go around
0: okay um, so what, what yeah. we're going to do is uh we're going to have ron start off since he's actually going to be doing some of richard's items since Richard, yeah. So home.
1: everybody go to Richard's. Everybody go to Richard's stuff.
0: So to get there, you go to the other side of midnight.com. Uh, you click on the banner for tonight's show, and it will take you to the show page. And then you click on the fast links where it says Richard, and it'll take you down to Richard's items. Okay, go ahead. Um, hopefully, everybody's okay. There.
1: Okay, well, the uh, uh, this will give them time because we're sk- we're kind of skipping a couple of them. Um, the um, the Webb telescope, as you probably heard, most people probably heard now, has is finally up to full uh, full operational speed, and um, they've taken the first couple of pictures. Uh, well, not Webb. He was, uh, I mean, uh, that's it's the new one I'm talking about. But anyway, there's something about Webb, and then uh something else about web so i'm sure didn't have a chance to cover that uh, the uh so we'll skip down to number five which says humans may be all over the universe scientists say and i think practically anybody listening probably agrees with that already so the um uh, uh if we get under seven the uh this is interesting the uh just last week uh the uh, exoMars uh, no insight insight Lander, which measures uh, seismic activity and we don't hear much from it uh, the two largest Mars quakes they've ever recorded, both of them over four um, on the same scale we'd use here, which is significant for mars they're usually tiny you know it's just that Mars does not have um, continents and um continental drift and a fractured crust like the earth does, even though it's been smacked so many times by huge rocks. But uh, so it shouldn't have a lot of earthquakes and it's uh, not supposed to be actively volcanic. So nobody's quite sure where they're coming from but um
0: well according the, uh, to nasa there's no volcanic activity but they had pictures yeah. showing uh plumage coming from one of the three volcanoes uh alongside of uh mons yeah
3: it was wild it was for a good week or two from the pictures
0: actually it went further than that and they said oh it's just uh condensation going over top of the the volcano and that's not what it was, because they said, "Oh, it's only going to happen at certain times of the year." But they had pictures throughout the year showing this thing still going on, stretching for miles. It's not. Yeah. It, it's not it a dead India's,
3: planet. I think they showed us. Yeah, I think it was mm-hmm. India that actually showed us the, the the their orbiter up there that first spotted it. So I mean, definitely, there's definitely stuff up there. That, it's just not when I hear "dead planet," it's like, ah, oh, it's been beating to us so much. No, dead planet bar is dead
0: it has that volcanic activity they just don't want to admit it because if hmm. there's volcanic activity that means there is life because life lives around volcanic activity as well as uh, inside nuclear reactors in the freaking core itself and they don't want to admit life wants to live any place it darn well pleases and if you have All volcanic right. activity and it's giving off a steam plume that means there's water hmm. So again, they don't want to admit that there's water on Mars. So- well, the Indian
1: the Indian satellite has uh, specialized equipment to measure trace gases and things like that. And I can't remember did they measure a lot of water or uh, did they anybody see a breakdown of what um, materials were in those plumes?
0: No, I haven't seen anything about that.
1: Yeah, but they're pretty. They were pretty uh, visually. You see, you see a smoke plume coming off of something, and it's drifting in accordance with such winds that are that are there. You go, okay, it's smoking. It's a hole in the ground. It's smoking. You know, that's enough. There's something going on. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, okay. Well, let's. uh, Richard's going to hate this, but let's. Yeah, let's get to it. remaining one of the ones of his that won't be covered anywhere else he's got the number nine which says every ridiculous thing we learned today about elon musk's plan to take over twitter well uh he was um and i had to check with him with richard if anyone else is a robert heinlein fan you remember one of his characters in a couple of his books was the um in that scenario and timeline was the richest man in the world, the world's first trillionaire at that point, uh, whose name was uh, Harrington, I think. Um, the uh, which is uh, uh, Carl Sagan did a sort of a takeoff of that same name because remember the rich guy in the contact was named Haddon, you know so he was, it was probably a nod to Heinlein with that. but in anyway, so our, our own version of, uh, Haddon or, um, Harrington is Elon Musk. And, uh, you know, why would he take over Twitter? Not just, not just because he was PO'd about not having a, um, platform for himself to use. He's, uh, he tends to be a bit of a, um, uh, humanitarian. I guess you could say that. He's, uh, he's very truth oriented and, uh, some things. Even if you're Elon Musk, you can't talk about them unless the time is right. You know, that's everybody will just uh, mock you to death. And he knows perfectly well what's on Mars and elsewhere. And he can't talk about it like anybody else can't. I mean, you could get a – if anybody watched that uh, Joe Rogan interview, I know he's interviewed Musk a bunch of times. But the really long interview that got a lot of a lot of play um, that you did yeah, there, it a Wild while back. It was excellent. Yeah. The
3: one where he was smoking they they smoked the uh, uh marijuana together and must and <laughs> got yeah. in trouble. Yeah, the the SEC started coming after. I forget which one it was one the SEC but it was pretty bad. it was
1: pretty sad, you know. They were just doing yeah, yeah, you're right. That was, okay. Yeah, but it was remember a, yeah, I remember kind of uh he got uh he was very straightforward and then he got then he got a little bit uh dismissive you know, like kind of like the picture that Richard posted here of him with his hands splayed out there. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden he was he was uh, kind of it wasn't exactly self mockery, but he was like dodging something because he he, it's like he caught himself and said, well, I can't really talk about that. But he couldn't say I can't really talk about that. And so he just kind of uh, made that ridiculous comment about um, the um, uh, well, there's he virtually said, as I remember, that well, no, there wouldn't be life on Mars, but when we get to other star systems, we might find some. Remember that? Yeah, yeah,
2: Ron. Um, yeah, Ron uh, um, go ahead. That's what Rogan was doing. He was he was asking about Mars, and he's going, "Isn't that crazy guy? You know, uh, Richard Hogan, I used to I used to listen to him a lot. You know, and he was going on and on, and then he, and then. Elon got very serious and said, "No, no, no, there's nothing on Mars." And in the moment, yeah, they jumped to, "Hey, once we get to another star system, oh yeah, there could be dead, uh, dead civilizations." And he got very excited. So as long as it's not in our neighborhood, it was okay to talk about. You know, Ron, on the subject of Haddon, the rich. Yes. Uh, I guess that was the rich guy. Are you suggesting that uh, Elon Musk has built some sort of <laughs> like what was the machine they used in In Contact to sort of accelerate them? It was a wormhole it, machine. It
1: was basically it was basically a big gyroscopic looking wormhole thing. Yeah, yeah. A wormhole generator. It was well, it definitely was a wormhole. In fact, they, I remember they used that word in the um, movie, and it was certainly a flashy looking piece of hardware. But um, the that seems to be the go to. I mean, I'm, I'm rooting for the wormholes as a long-term Stargate fan. Uh, I'm rooting for all sorts of wormhole stuff, but, you know, that's still in the speculative territory, unfortunately. But uh depends on who you believe, right? I mean, well, you know, and talk- it, and, yeah, and it depends
2: on what the government's talking about. I mean, when NASA brings or talks about, this was a few years ago, they were speaking about, well, when we get to uh, warp capability. And you know, it's one thing. I was listening to an old interview with uh, Dr. Joseph Farrell. Um, I can't remember who was interviewing him, uh, but it, it, anyways, they were talking about about when NASA says things, they're not talking about 10, 20 years in the future. Some sort of proof of concept has probably already, at least, been somewhere on the drawing board, if not moving in a, you know, in some sort of positive direction. So I'm coming back to what you're saying again. Are, are, are we yeah. suggesting that? Musk is like, Ar had Has is, is he put, made two, two, well, one or two of these kinds of devices that he's ready to start firing humans through? Huh? Or is it, uh, or we
1: I, being playful there? Well, remember the aliens provided that device in contact. And as I understand, I've, sadly, I've never actually read the book. I'm very fond of the movie, especially, well, you watch it, you watch it up to the, uh, you know, up to the point when she actually gets to go there and that stuff's all just way cool. So I watched that part a lot of times, but, uh, the, in the, in the book, it was a group of people that they sent not, um, and so I'm sure there were particulars that vary. Um, but I may not be the only one that hasn't read the book that talks about it based on the movie. Um, but, um, yeah, he's, no, he's a similar character. I think there's a, I think there's a, um, you can draw a parallel there and, um, I'm not saying that the aliens gave Musk a wormhole generator, but – He he, he did
3: say on Rogan – I'm sorry to interrupt you, but he did say – No, please. Rogan asked him if he was an alien. (laughs) He he said yes. Uh, If you go back and watch the tape, he did say yes, just like joking around, but literally said yes uh, as you say that. I I don't think he's an alien, but I really think that he's just – I think he sees Twitter and these places like that as somewhere where social you know, can actually happen, especially in free speech kind of way. Now, the way they just cancel people out, um, I think he's got a vision, a whole big vision that he's going to be bringing into it. And it's either going mm-hmm. to flop or not, but hey, it's his money and some of his investors, then uh, it's going to be interesting anyway because it's really a forum that could – People could still use like a, a tag name, you know, like a you know your what's up in the sky 37s my you. I could still use that, but I said I had to verify as Will Farrar. So it'd be nice yeah. to have only verified people. So that means you know it's not 25 different bots. Um, if you look at the Elon Musk messages now that he gets back, literally two, two seconds after he does it, he starts getting retweets from people hating all over them but you can just tell by reading them that they're bots uh you know and bots with have an it guy they're basically are computer generated people that that talk to you i mean even now people's cell phones are getting them people are you know cell phones are getting text messages saying hey how you been and they'll sit there and try and have a conversation with you and then eventually they'll try and get a card or something from you some some sort of scam out of you eventually but
1: uh I just got a notice from my damn uh, cell phone company that they had uh, just recently, they didn't get very specific, uh, dealt with an intrusion in their in their network of uh, that very sort of thing. And they said it was all taken care of, and it was all very vague. but I, I personally, I think they're covering for the fact that their service sucks, but uh, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, the, uh, that's what bots, uh, that's what bots are for, and you're right you would not want to irritate someone that's IT oriented like musk with uh something like bots i mean he would be definitely he would be reaching for the slipper to squash that thing you know if um, um well that's a line out of a tv show i was watching the other night they were dealing with these giant spider things and somebody somebody said does anybody have a really big slipper you know, <laughs> well, uh i uh so I thought, yeah, Musk is, Musk is kind of in that position. Well, I think we have to help. I think there's certain things you can't – he's a quarterback, and he needs to have the football handed to him. He can't just show up with a football and start running down the field. You know what I'm saying? And uh, that has – that, sort of, that part of the disclosure has been sadly lacking. You know, and hopefully shows like this can help it along a little bit, give him something to run with. You know, cause
2: well, I mean, God, go ahead. Sorry. Well, Ron, I think we have got to stay on this because I remember now it was um, the reason why Joseph Joseph Farrell put up his this old uh, interview is and it was with Richard Dolan who actually coined the term breakaway civilizations uh, back in I guess some of these secret space conferences that they were doing and probably in his book I think in his one of his books as well and one of the uh, reasons why he brought it up was um, actually joseph did is because of what's going on with russia but besides that yeah. the, the, the 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 intent of, of the interview was talking about how you know there's been so much money disappearing from all, all of our you know especially united states but many of our uh, probably all of our economies just being harvested and Catherine austin Fitz and joseph farrell and others have tracked this seeping away of you know hundreds of billions or even trillions of whatever amount it is and it goes nowhere it in and, and the speculation is it's going to some sort of deep kind of science project of developing an alternate you know um, um um you know breakaway civilization so along with that must come the technology and with musk now having twitter i mean i don't know if it's the deal has gone through completely yet but if he has it he has the bullhorn and if they need to begin to go back to a Brookings-type, how do we communicate the information quickly to all cultures across the planet, Twitter is that place. Twitter is that place. Just like you said, Will, you can have sock stitchers, um, people who, who are mechanics, people who – like every group is on that platform, and they gather together as commu- you know virtual communities. And, and it's still the biggest platform out there. And, 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 it, and it's pissy and quick because what is it? 240 characters for your tweets. You so these, yeah. And, and, and this is how people respond nowadays. They don't have, we've talked, I've said this a billion times, but the average goldfish has a longer tension span than the average human. Eight seconds for a goldfish, seven seconds for the average human in terms of picking up. I'm not saying everybody's like that, but that's where we've gotten. So, you know, with this platform, And if there is a time now where we're finally going to be sort of opened up into what's really going on, what better way to do it than through
1: Twitter? Well, now that we're into the fine art of hyperbole, uh, exactly how do they determine the attention span of a goldfish? I I have (laughs) fun.
3: I'm sure government money pays for that.
1: (laughs) Oh, I'm sure it was a a, – touche. I'm sure it was a very well-funded program. Um, And it's – and it's probably, they probably they've probably been getting a fresh grant every couple of years. Uh, or, well, how long do goldfish live? Well, I know I take that back. I've seen them in the koi pond that were supposed to be over a hundred years old. So yeah, the goldfish can do fine. Uh, <laughs> but um, the scientists, on the other hand, uh, need to have their um, oh, don't get me started on academics. Uh, anyway, uh, yes. So I, I think that's what I think that's what Musk is up to. You know that's the Twitter is the to use that analogy that from the total non-sports fan, namely me, of uh, him being the quarterback. Uh, the uh, yeah, Twitter is the Twitter is the field. You know the um, Twitter is the playing field. I'd rather say soccer, but that's a group sport, <laughs> and uh, it's um, football is very much one guy at a time doing some thing, all armored up like a like a medieval knight and uh, carrying a funny brown thing with pointy ends Uh, and um, soccer it's just a bunch of people in shorts kicking the hell out of a round ball that makes more sense to me but um, the uh, yeah he's uh, Twitter is uh, Twitter is the field and he's ready to run down it but I, I he's he has undercut by doing something that nobody would have expected you know it's I mean look at the look at the images we have of rich people you know what do the Russian oligarchs do most of them are Effectively on a world scale, fairly harmless. You know, most of them are not up to something sinister uh, necessarily. They're just, I mean, they're buying $300 million yachts. You know, that's, um, uh, which as I understand it, those yachts cost about a million dollars a year just for maintenance. Got the crew, the whole, the
3: whole works. I mean, you, you just to run one of those boats, it really is. It's at least, I think, five to ten people with you on the boat. Richard? Oh yeah, you need a crew, yeah.
0: all Iran? A- to keep it did yes. that, did Richard say anything about uh his uh number 11 and number 12 images? Uh
1: okay, let me uh number Yeah, I said, well, I've got I've got Percy stuff too. So I just I just uh, we'll just um we can go through them that way. Okay. The yeah, yeah. yeah, we're going we should talk about that. We can do it right now if you want, but uh, after you so nicely got everything in a nice order uh going to do it. But yeah, we can, we can go to that. You can look at Richard's pictures, 11 and 12, or mine start with number 7 and number 8. Um, number seven. Uh, so if anybody wants to scroll down to my pictures and look at number 7, um, everybody's seen a picture of the back shell lying on the ground at this point, I think. Uh, but I looked at all the images. There's a dozen or so of them that um, Ingenuity took you know, it's it's so refreshing to see a picture from a um, from different angles and from so close up uh, from that little helicopter. And um, so number seven, there's that uh, slightly different view of the of the back shell. And of course, click on it, you get a bigger one. But if you just expand it a little bit and look at it, you'll see that it's sitting next to some foundations. Notice the nice square. Ron. Ron, no, Ron? Yes. Ron, can yes. You yes.
2: Can you tell everybody how to get to your
1: items, please? Oh yeah, okay, sure. If you're in the uh, if you're if you're already on Richards, uh, actually they scroll down because I was next in line there. But uh, where it's um, assuming they were anywhere, you get you click on the you click on the show banner or the logo above it or the legend above it, and uh, then you look below it and you'll see it says guest page and fast links to items. And um, you'll see Richard, Ron, and Will. And um, uh, Andrew didn't uh, kick down any pictures today, but I'm glad you came, Andrew. Uh, and um, so it's – I'm just trying to keep it simple. The uh, Yeah, so if that works, go down to number seven of mine, or like I said, 11 and 12 of Richard's. Um, different, ad, you get two different views. But if you look at number seven of mine, you'll see the the reason I picked this one because it's like from the other side, kind of. And it's pretty obvious where the uh, part of the um, rover's uh, arrival gear is. And um, the parachute's not in this one. I trimmed the picture down a little bit. But it's parachutes there off to one side as well. And that other little whitish thing to the left is also part of the back shell. But above them, uh, as far as I could check, and I had Richard check this as well, and he doesn't um uh he says, no, that can't be, you know, whatever, uh that can't be part of it. Uh it's this is stuff on the ground and you'll notice there's nice square turns and things like that. And there's one uh piece of it that looks to me pretty mechanical. For that you'd have to click on the image and look at it look at it larger and it's in the upper left corner but uh if you go down to number the next picture down that's the uh that's the part that I'm talking about number 8 uh and um that looks like junk to me not just rocks and I did the best I could it's very very dark they they and they might as well have poured tar on the picture they really didn't want you to um Uh, pay much attention to that but uh that looks pretty manufactured what does anybody anybody see it
4: yeah
2: ron i when i'm looking at your number seven and i know we're coming up to a break soon and keith is here to remind us (laughs) yes but yes i was going to say very quickly um that's the closest i've looked at this image and i'm like i couldn't sort of sometimes tell the difference between like this this one we're looking at now the so-called rocks and the actual perseverance debris or that little little cap debris it's like which is the rock and which is
1: the mechanical stuff so i agree with you mm-hmm. yeah there's because there's a, there's a bunch of it there's more than just the thing i pointed out i said it looked kind of like a floor jack like you stick under a car you know and work a lever and it lifts the car up a little bit but um the, richard never gets my visual analogies and that's all right nobody else ever does either like half my jokes, uh, but whatever it looks like, it looks it does not look like a rock. It does either does the thing a little bit above it and to the um, uh, to the right of it. That's a little more rounded. The um, yeah, I've got much better examples of things like that further down. But this at least this was something.
0: Okay, Ron. Um, you
1: know, I'm, we're,
0: yes. We're about uh, thirty seconds out from uh, break here, bottom of the hour. So uh, you're listening to The Other Side of Midnight. Uh, I'm hosting, sitting in for Richard C. Hoagland. And our guests are Andrew Curry, uh, Ron Gerberon, and Will Farrar. And we'll return after this break.
5: with us now. You have vax or no vax, you have mandates or no mandates, you have uh, pharmacies who are not allowed to make prescriptions on substances that they don't, you know, (laughs) that big pharma doesn't want them to have anymore. Somebody's in control of something, there's going to be a time, follow the money, where you're going to say, hey, something really inappropriate has gone on here, we're being controlled. I mean, it's it's one thing to to have mandates and all these, and another thing to shut people up who say I would like to talk about this a little bit. No, you don't. You're not going to talk. And and so we have, uh, you know, people like uh, Dr. Mercola being shut down. That is not us. That's not how we operate. People ought to at least be allowed to have an opinion and state the opinion and have, uh, say, uh, I'd like you to know that a good immune system is going to help you. So here are the things for a good immune system. But I'm sorry, you can't buy them anymore because we're not allowed to. So something's going on. So that, my friend, is going to be exposed. That's another thing that you're seeing for a while, and it won't last forever. So... It's there now, but believe me, it ain't going to stay because the light's going to be turned on, just like the abuse of the, uh, that I've just talked about both women and kids for priests and all. It's here in an ugly way, and eventually it's going to be seen says there'll be revelations or maybe even a movie about it. It's going to be the same thing that happened when we found out with tobacco that they were, of course, addicting our children and they had a cartoon and they knew that it caused cancer. And you know what happened with that. We shut that, basically shut that down and now we don't smoke anymore. Hi there, this is Lee Carroll. I want to tell you about the other side of the news. In these days where we're not really hearing much good news or perhaps even what's really happening, that's where the other side of the news is different. And in that, you're going to hear not only controversy, but you're going to hear great things. There can be joyful things too. I just got done with one of the broadcasts and I encourage you to take a listen with myself and Monica. But the other side of the news, that's what we need more of. These times.
0: And welcome back to the other side of midnight. I'm your host, Keith Morgan, and we got a good conversation going on right now. I'm gonna bring back my guests and we're gonna continue talking about Mars.
5: So what do we do okay,
1: on? Let- Uh, Well, we are talking about the ingenuity thing. This is the um, big event, I guess, of the the week. And um, I'm trying to think. Where's the – okay, where's the one? Okay, right above – oh, you did such a nice job of getting them all aligned properly. Uh, Right above that picture of the back shell because everybody – these are all things you just have to study them for a while. You know, and once you realize that there's something artificial there that we didn't bring, um, it makes a difference. But right above it, is, number six is a Watson picture from Perseverance of just the ground around where it's hanging out, and it's uh, the color is just outrageous. And hey, did you that's mostly, did you pull that color out? No, yeah, it no, like that's. That. A, it's it's like the, I cleaned it up. I got the you know I, all I all I could do is de-blur them, deinterlace them, de-blur them, and clean them up. But I didn't amplify it. Wow, um, That's and, a lot of color. Yeah, I know, and it's and but it's uh, it depends on how the light catches it, you know, and and the stuff doesn't look I suspect as sparkly as it really is, you know, it's because uh, either that or it's or somebody doc dumped a box of, uh, is it Captain Crunch that's got all the different colors? <laughs> it looks like a colored breakfast cereal. Uh, I think they're smaller than that. You know, Watson, for people that don't know, Perseverance has a whole bunch of, of cameras. And everybody's favorite is kind of the little thing that's basically a GoPro that they wrote a new subroutine for uh, that's on the, that's what's on the helicopter. That's what's on Ingenuity. And uh, it's just so honest. They couldn't do half of what they do, so it just takes ordinary pictures. You know, it's not – there's no color tweaking or anything else. And um, the uh, like I said, they wrote a – they have a little black box inside of Ingenuity that um, ties everything together. But they, they couldn't override the built-in um, color correction and so forth on that These are the ones you have for home security systems or on your own little drone. Uh, And uh, they seem to hold up well on Mars. Remember, they didn't know if that thing was going to work for more than a half an hour (laughs) once it got there. But it seems like it's it's happier to be on Mars than it was to be in uh, JPL's lab. If anybody ever was following it and saw the testing that they were doing, because they have that vacuum chamber that's the size of a room, um, where they can get whatever air pressure or gases they want. And they were using it in there and they had it all carefully counterbalanced, uh, with weights to simulate the gravity on Mars. I'm still not quite sure how they figured that part out, but you know, there the thing was. And when it was set for the, um, density of Mars atmosphere, which supposed to be like 1% of Earth's, um, it was really straining to get off the ground. You know, you can see it. I mean, it was managing to lift up, but that's all they were expecting. And then they get to Mars, and they fire that puppy up, and not only does it work, but it shoots up in the air like a rocket. I mean, it was just like, yes, yes, I like this. Boom. And uh, that kind of implied to me that the air is perhaps a bit thicker than they're admitting. You know they lie about so much; it's hard to tell what it is. But anyway, there's an, yeah, there's an example of that. And um, there is, you'll notice if you go back and look at any of the pictures of the back shell, that there is a kind of a shine to the ground. You know, it's remember it's basically sand. And uh, but if you look at the original raw images as they post them, uh, it's like the, it's like it's spotlighted. It's the same kind of thing we ran into with the landing uh pictures where they took a whole series of images with another camera that was specifically to do that. Uh, that just kind of photographed it on the way down and they did the little clips and it was like a uh like a bright spot following it around. Uh, like, hey, r- Ron.
3: hey Ron. Andrew Ron. just yeah, Andrew just said something that looked pretty cool. <laughs> go ahead, Andrew. Yes, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. Will
2: go ahead. You you go. go you, you know what I'm doing, so you go.
3: Will, you said uh, he's sending on the IMs uh, pictures of basically circuit boards, looks like motherboards and stuff, They're,
2: with the same colors
3: and the same uh, material looks to what you got up there
2: on your picture. It's
3: pretty. Is that where you're getting that there, Andrew?
2: Uh, yes, exactly. That, uh, Ron, you're number six, and, and we're listening intently yeah. to what you're saying. But it literally mm. looks like a melted. Uh, I, I, again, we might be projecting here, but if, but I, I, I dropped in three images, like Will said, in the. Uh, in the chat. And anybody can do this out there. Just go Google circuit boards and you'll find super colorful circuit boards that look very organized. And when you zoom in close on number six, I double clicked on it. It looks to me kind of organized. Uh, and uh, yeah, it just, it's a weird kind of um, correlation there at least. Don't You're you?
1: right. It is. It, it does. It does look like that same kind of glass they use on the quality circuit boards.
2: Yeah. Again, these, these, yeah. these sort of geometric, colorful, repeating patterns that we see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Highly eroded, mm-hmm. all melted down. You know, sloshed and smashed and flooded and everything else. But it's mm-hmm. it's there. It's present. And as we said, that that back cap from the parachute, perseverance, perseverance parachute. When those when all that material is busted up on the surface of of Jezero crater, it it's. I mean, just imagine what—how many years, guys—before it all erodes, corrodes, and the, the sand blasted, and the, you know, and and it would start to look like the rocks around the, the quote unquote rocks around it.
3: I don't think it's going to take too long. To look at it. I mean, it's already—it's it, been a year now since it's been up there, yeah. and uh, a year and a half or so. It, it definitely looks like it's taken. Oh, it took a beating. <laughs> if it landed, yes. if you guys haven't seen the pictures, you got to get out to the website
1: and check it out. This thing definitely hit hard. Yeah. Well, fortunately they're nearby, but if you scroll back up to uh, Richard's number 10, 11, and 12, you know, of, of that area, you can, uh, yeah, he did, he did pump the color a little bit to um, make it more obvious, but there's, um, you can see it's really, there's an iridescence to the ground around there. There's a bunch of, bunch of glass, and um for the newbies, the one out there, the uh, yeah, one of the principles we have is that at some point in time, pretty much the entirety of Jezero Crater, which is just the right size for that kind of mega engineering, had a dome over it, and the um, uh, so that had an effect on the landing of the rover and everything else. See, you the think there's always somebody at JPL or wherever that knows what's going on. You know they don't want these things to fail. That happened once back in the uh, moon exploration days when a surveyor was on the way down to the moon's surface, and then suddenly, when it was still some considerable distance above the um, surface, just like just like a snap of fingers, it disappeared. Poof. And that can't happen. You know, Richard Richard uh, pointed that out, and people just would. Uh, it's one of those things where you, people just have a slack-jawed response. What are you going to say? It's obvious. If you have something that's a radio transmitter and it blows up or fails or something, they always die. Even your phone does that. You know what happens when your phone dies? When you just can't shut up and it gets down to one percent and then all of a sudden and your phone disappears. Yeah, there's something. You know, there would be a spike or a gerbil and uh, nothing. It just gone. And the only way that can happen is if the, uh, in the case of that surveyor, it had a little uh, transmitter thing, you know, a little transmitter dish pointed back to Earth, and it got knocked offline. Boom. That's the only way you can shut a radio transmitter up instantly. Is just knock off the transmit, you know, redirect the transmitter. Because then the signal's going somewhere as the circuit's dying or whatever, but you you can't pick it up anymore. Same kind of problem I'm having with my damn phone. And um, <laughs> if I don't sit exactly here, don't have a good signal. But anyway, yeah, so it made it down to the surface, and there's a bunch of broken glass down there all over the place uh, because sand is sand. It may be nice and bright and shiny, but the only time I've ever seen iridescent sand was under just the right conditions in some places, uh, if you go to some place with a black sand beach, there 's more of them than just the Kona coast of Hawaii uh, and the light hits it just right you 'll get some iridescence flashing across there because basically obsidian is what 's making up the you know, stuff on the ground on one of those black sand beaches, and you know where it gets thin enough it 's translucent enough that it can refract the light a little bit, and this is much more serious than that. You know, we don't know what the material of something like a dome like that would be made of there, but uh it's pretty sure that it's tempered in the sense that ours are. You know, like hey, a Ron. broken Yes, go ahead. Ron. Sorry, I'm rambling. Yeah.
2: No, 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 no. You know, I'm you. You mentioned the word serious, and we were hearing a dog barking in the background for quite a long time. <laughs> were you able to put it under control back there? Oh
1: no, that's. I have. I. I no, I'm. I'm telling you that that um, that dog is like two football fields away.
4: Oh my gosh. If, ever,
1: if everybody held their breath for a while, you'd hear there's a car on the highway, which is like a quarter mile away, and other than that, it's very, very quiet here. We're lucky. If this was the middle of the summer when there was a lot of traffic uh, on that highway, even at this time of night, it would be kind of noisy. Hopefully, by then, I'll have my um, phone situation resolved.
2: No, you uh, sound good. I was just giving you, I was just teasing you.
1: Okay. Oh well. No, I'm always, I'm always, I'm always up for that. But um, okay, what else can we say about the uh, back shell? Anybody got a an insight?
0: No pun intended. Mm-hmm i'm i'm curious that the the um the the back shell after it dropped off the rover and landing uh um, device it had all the rockets and everything that slowly descended how come it didn't slow down from the speed that it was running it it was coming in at it said it hit at 78 miles per hour wouldn't it have uh slowed down even more once it dropped the big load well,
1: no, because the parachute wasn't protecting it anymore. You know, the, uh, uh the you need Richard. Not. Yeah, you'd need Richard to describe the niceties of the, um, uh, that w- incredibly, uh, complicated landing system that they've used the last couple times. Uh, they seem to put a lot of effort into making those almost theatrical you know it's like a, my favorite was always the big bounce bags like they uh used on um Pathfinder it was literally a gigantic bounce ball big inflated ball that and it landed on that and it bounced around for uh, until it stopped bouncing around and then deflate then they deflated it and in the case of Pathfinder they sucked it back inside they um decided to be tidy and they actually had a uh, so it you know it wasn't a, it wasn't there's a parachute involved too, but remember the air is still pretty thin, even though they're lying about how thin it is. And, um, the, uh, in the case of, in the case of this, I believe the, um, yeah, the back stuff was just in free fall because it was just a heat. It was a basically heat shield and you can see where the parachute and stuff connected. And so once it, uh, once the landing was done with it, it just free fell the rest of the distance and yeah it's pretty bad it's pretty banged up I mean, zoom in on it it um i'd like to
3: see the picture i'm gonna have to check out the nasa website so and see what it looked like before it went up the colors it's awfully brown i wonder if that was from the heat coming in or if that's actually just from the accumulation of dirt on it and then it seems to be the, the color from these helicopter pictures they don't it's they're definitely different from what's being taken on the ground um i can see yeah. Richard's point on that it, it's so I'm wondering what the color difference actually is between these, and it's kind of been like that with every mission. Every mission seems to bring yeah. back a different shade of puke
1: yellow or you know orange colors of of Mars, red colors. That oh, I know. I try really hard on my pictures to not exaggerate the colors, uh, and um, the sometimes that's a that's an advantage, you know, to just uh, like I said, Richard pumped them up a little bit on. Uh, pumped it up a little, the saturation up a little bit on his to make it a little more obvious, but um, I just rely on the resolution, and so the uh, the wrecked backshell lying uh, there on the ground in um, mine is, um, that is absolutely the actual color. You know, it's a little bit, it's either scorched or something around the, around the edges, you know, where it's a little tan, but that's, yeah, that's the color it is, and that's the color all the parts are. And uh, even the rope or cable or whatever it that is that's left over from where the parachute was attached. So, um, okay, so I can what, –
2: what, what, what about – yeah, what about the um, – with this image, there's such brightness in the middle ground where this um, piece is and in the foreground. And yet in the background, it looks like it's completely in shadow. Now, I, I know it's mm-hmm. not completely because we can see rocks casting shadows. Very similar to the way that the cast shadows are coming from the stuff in the mm-hmm. foreground, in the foreground and the middle ground, but there is a
1: distinct brightness. I mean, oh I yeah, yeah. So oh, no. No. absolutely. What well, no? Well, as the as the one responsible for the pictures. Let's see. Right now, I'm looking at number seven. That's the simplest thing. For instance, it looks fairly yeah. even. It's just brighter in the middle. Well, if you look at the original, uh, you're right. It's like it had a spotlight on it. I mean it's yeah. that dramatic a difference and i, I uh, there are some controls that i'll use on the um graphics programs i'll use uh rather freely and in this case i yeah i i judiciously applied uh what they call fill light quite a bit you know which is just exactly that it makes the darker parts lighter oh. and um the, uh, to try and even it out so that you could see everything. Because if you look at the original, you see that stuff that I was talking about in the upper left corner. Yeah. Uh, is, uh, it's, well, you know, look at the uh, corresponding, but look at the next one. You know, even there. And that was, you know, a completely separate take on it. It was, uh, yeah, it was a lot of work to get it light enough to see what's there. And if you blow it up, you'll see it looks all grainy as a result.
2: Okay, so Ron, what you're saying is that this is a bit of a processing
1: issue. That's why it's it's
2: got yeah this just dappily. We use that word again, dappily light
1: look. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Just on the brightness thing, but even even oh. that on the on the one that I had to lighten it up so much. The uh, there's various ways to do that, you know. And in this case, I had to use a fill light instead of just um, uh, well, nerd talk. If you invert the image. Duplicate the layer and uh, then um, apply it at a uh, at, you know, using a multiply function or something like that. Then you're basically making the um, you know the inverted image darker, which makes the properly or orient- uh, the properly flipped around version lighter. Yeah. This is just a slight step beyond that, but you'll notice the ground has that same sort of color variations. When you look at it closely as that picture from the Watson image above it, it's just blurrier. You know, you do, you do lose re- resolution when you have to work those things over a little bit. Um, but the, um, yeah, it's, it's worth it. Um, just to get an idea of what's really there. Um, Right. So yeah, I, okay. I'm, yeah, I'm burned out on that one. People just need to think about it. But the, um, yeah, the next one is number nine is the, um, that's from curiosity. And that's, that's what I, um, immodestly named Gale crater. I named it after Dorothy, not the, uh, not the astronomer. Um, that's Gale city. Um, the crater is named after the astronomer. Um, and it's a city i mean they i sharp i sharpened that up a lot you know you can zoom, zoom in all you want and uh that this was actually lifted from the JPL panorama that they did cuz that, that they actually did a nice job on it um and so i just uh cleaned i just cleaned and cleaned it up but the blue sky came with it by the way yeah.
3: Yeah, Ron, that that picture was amazing. I'll tell you what, my, uh, my, pop, my father, was old, he passed away about five years ago, and when they put this picture out, I showed him millions of pictures, but he was watching it, he saw it on the Weather Channel, and he said, Olly damn, that's a road that's going up that hill, up into that thing. I was like, yeah, I have been telling you for so long. And uh, that thing is, it
1: literally is one of the best pictures, especially
3: the... It absolutely, somewhere.
1: you're right, it absolutely is. And uh, below it... Uh, Let's see. We'll see. The next one's a Percy image. We'll skip that for a second. Number uh, eleven. I alternated them on purpose, just so. Uh, see, it, it's a comparison of two shots. The lower view is the original frame. That's the whole frame. That's the. Um, uh, that's what it looked like. You know, unmolested, untouched. And if you look in, the, if you look in the background, past the ridge with the big things on it, it's. Uh, you'll see, it's just like soupy i mean there's no detail uh, there at all but if you um tap on it to get the big version let's see i think that'll work right yeah there we go. and then yeah take a look at it take a look at there that's the same that's just to one side that's how big gale city is it stretches all over the place and this was taken early on as you can tell by the um image number uh in um curiosities roaming but you can't see any of that structure and stuff back there, which and speaking of roads, I mean there's everything there's roads, there's buildings, there's streets, you know uh and it looks almost grecian, you know like if, if there was a such a thing as a grecian metropolis it would uh look like that it it's not megalithic like most of the ruins we see
3: the Keith Laney the- put some of this up from the you know from the air. but this stuff. His the high-rise shots. This is exactly yeah. what it looked like, you know, the Inca-type city we've seen the picture. It looked like, you know, you can see the structure now. Actually, when you see it on the ground, it's amazing. I know if you, it's absolutely. Uh,
1: yeah, you're, you're right.
3: Everything. That, this is one of the best. I definitely, have, uh, if you haven't seen that one, you definitely have to check that
1: out. Yeah, but that's that, that's that's practically handing Elon Musk the football. <laughs> the difference between the original as they posted it and that um, in um, August of 2014, um, yeah. well, at least, at least that's, when I, that's when I grabbed it. And I, back in those days, I was grabbing the images pretty much as fast as they put them up. So that's uh, it's that long ago. So, yeah, they've known what this stuff was. Um and uh, yes, you're right. In the background of that uh, of that picture there, it doesn't show on this one because I had to crop it to make everything fit. There's a um, uh, there's a pyramid right up on the. Um, it's it's more of a mastaba, but uh, let's not get into the archaeological weeds uh the uh, but yeah there's one of them kind of buildings up there <laughs> in the background but most of it just has this look of like a white marble city or pink i think this stuff is so,
6: mostly pink
2: yeah. so ron this makes the um richard's article well not richard's article but the one the flag from zero hedge that said humans uh-huh. may be all over the universe scientists say and then it's a very short article people should read it Is this another soft sell to basically say, well, you know, universe, so it's really big, so it could be far away that this is happening, when in fact we're talking about our neighbors?
1: Yeah, I always figured they know it'll come out eventually, and one of the reasons that they don't do what some early earlier researchers were accusing them of, of really molesting the pictures, you know, they came up with a protocol to mess them up so that you couldn't see what's really there, but they don't destroy the images. They lose a little resolution, but not too much. You can get most of it back. And I'm sure you can get even more of it back than I do if you know how they do it. You know, what I'm doing is not whatever they're doing. I I suspect it's the same in some respects, but they've obviously, you know, they've got some protocol. They can just uh, take them five minutes, you know takes me an hour, but um, the uh, – yeah, they, they want to have the stuff there so that when it does all come out, they can say, well, we showed you everything. you know The evidence to me for that was how well-framed the images are. Yeah. Remember, up until Perseverance, which is unique and wonderful in that they put the st- – somehow they automated the process of downlinking the pictures and putting them on the web. And, uh, you know, you'll see stuff and it's literally the picture was taken on Mars hours ago.
3: Yeah. It's really, it can get addicting too. I tell you, we were talking about earlier how you were pretty much eating them up as they came down. Uh, Isn't that a rush? It really is. Especially, go ahead Steve this' so blatant, some of it it's yeah. uh especially even the, the perseverance stuff it, I, it's not as i think sure said curiosity is a much more you know gale was populated whatever whatever happened there um that's rubble everywhere but this is definitely has walls you know percy where we're at it's it's it it's got walls it's got everything blocks uh, not huge megalithic like uh, we've seen it. I think you were a Gail or too. You see some of those, but really, really shaped stuff, man. and it's fairly decent shape. I mean, some of them. It's not as, as it doesn't look, you know, millions of years old to me. It's
1: uh, that that has puzzled me for years as well. The stuff does not look old enough to fit what else we seem to know. You know, that's that's one of the puzzle-ments. Um The um, uh, well, anyway, yes continue on about that i actually have to remember i'm having troubles with signal and i don't want to lose the call so i'm just going to set this phone on the chair and i'm going to go inside and get a coat because i'm freezing my freezing my potatoes off so i'll um uh somebody else talk for a minute i'll 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 be back when the break comes up because we're i think we're two minutes short of the break yeah we're two we are two
2: minutes do you guys think i mean not to um and I certainly don't really want to get political now, but do you think that with this sort of seeming, seeping, well, maybe it's more of an onrush disclosure, or whatever you want to call it, that some of the stuff happening on Earth, a lot of these factions seemingly fighting with each other, is all about hedging their bets about what's out there and who gets to claim it first? I mean, Elon Musk has been almost proclaiming himself Emperor of Mars, you know, in so many ways that if you've got to think about what are the vested interests that are trying to stake their claim on a place like Mars. And if what we're seeing back here from the tailpipe is just some of that, you know, carbon monoxide spewing in our faces. I don't know, guys. There, there's a lot more going on, not just here on this earth, but you got to wonder if, if the tentacles going out or at least the claims. You know, it's, it's like everybody claiming a piece of Antarctica, right? Nobody owns it, but everybody claims it. And you got to kind of wonder if the same patterns are happening in our local space. And I know um, um, we're getting close, right, Keith?
0: Yes, we're about to, coming up on about 30 seconds out. Let's uh, go ahead and break here. And uh, you're listening to The Other Side of Midnight. And uh, we are covering part two of Mars, since I uh, didn't really get all of our imaging guys in last week. So we'll be right back after this break and don't touch that dial.
7: Save my walk along the beach For things at home I'm to reach All I need is what I have But I'm things to eat Get my feet into the speech The other side of
4: midnight.com
8: Join Richard C. Hoagland and an array of fascinating guests as we explore real-world topics and events through the lens of hyper-dimensional physics. Join Club 19.5 to gain access to hundreds of archived shows. Only $9.95 per month. Listen in each Saturday and Sunday to the most compelling and thoughtful broadcasts heard in over 160 countries around the world. Real research. Real data. Real science. The other side of midnight.com. The other side of midnight.com
0: And welcome back to The Other Side of Midnight. And we're having a great conversation and speculation about uh, what we're seeing in a lot of the Mars images. And I know Ron's got one that really got me, uh, really got my attention because there's square corners and slopes and on this rock with these straight lines and i'm like it just doesn't make sense that this could be a natural formation and i've been told oh nature will fool you yeah nature can fool me but it can't it can't come up with something that's got perfect angles on it and say this is natural So, guys, uh, let's see where we pick up at. Uh, Ron was uh, talking about his stuff. I think he's back by now. So, Ron, you back?
3: I don't think he is yet. But he, there are a lot of things out there. I do a lot of uh, travel, just travel in the United States. I've seen a lot of rocks and things like that that do look squared off. You know, they look like they've been manufactured, but they probably they were you know naturally done. It's just the overabundance of seeing these things where we do that seems to be the uh, the driving factor that makes me think that oh, that's not just rocks. Yeah, you know, the the pictures for that I. I've been collecting all these earth pictures from ruins and places like that that, that uh, were are destroyed during a, a, an invasion or things like that. And the rubble there it just looks so much like what we've seen. Um, but nature does make the you – know, oh, those natural – I don't dismiss that because I've seen some amazing things that nature has made. Um, yeah. But we, it seems like we targeted the heck out of these spots. So we knew where we were going and we, we were going to find something there. Uh, doing this. That'll be the
0: the stem. It's not. Yeah, I was looking at Ron's number 16. That's the one that really caught my eye. You've got that nice uh, straight line coming down the right side. Then it curves in to a square block section that has a slope on it. and And that slope just looks too perfect is build up on it, but it looks like it was just it's just a perfect slope and then next to it is a is is a cube. It's it looks like a cube, but it's it's kinda of hard to tell. I have to look at it at different angles. But
3: the top uh, looks like one.
0: Yeah. A- and this it 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 looks like this was something that was uh at some point Concrete or something that had a, a weird configuration that it was connected to, but it looks—it's it, just got too much symmetry to it, as Richard would say. So I, that's why I'm curious about that one, and the one in the and then in the back on the right side, it looks like there's a pillar sticking about of the ground. Uh, some other section that uh, if nature is doing this. It's it's doing it all over the planet in various areas, and and, and it just kind of stands out too much. The stuff that I saw in Utah, I mean, that everybody's saying, oh, that's just natural. It's natural. But how do you get four out-of-place artifacts in one photograph that I took? And I didn't even see the other two until years later. I'm looking at this stuff, and I'm going – wait a minute, what are these two guys? Well, what is this one guy? Jonathan Walmack found the other guy. And when when he found that and I saw it, I said, there's no way these are natural. Why is there a bird etched into the side of the wall next to the, the other object? It looks like the balanced rock standing on its own little pedestal and it's a vertical column standing out with nothing around it holding it well, up. There's an answer for that. Yeah.
1: The, the Indians were there a lot longer than we thought. Yeah. Sorry, anybody that cared. I was, uh, it took me longer than I thought because I was completely bedazzled by staring at the, at the phone screen and the pitch darkness here. And so I practically killed myself going back inside to get a hoodie. I come back out. Yeah, exactly. I didn't You're expect okay. that. I, stumble, stumble, stu- and I forgot to mute the phone, so everybody got to hear that that's a different dog barking now from a different direction. Sorry. <laughs> well,
3: they got to talk to each other.
1: Yeah. They're, they're but, about um, the
3: porch. That crazy <laughs> alien guy is out on the porch.
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. no, I'm not even no. unfortunately. Well either that
2: Ron or you have some sort of sasquatch thing happening
1: around your place and they're hunting them. Yeah.
2: Down. Yeah, well no, we won't uh,
1: we won't talk about my sasquatch. <laughs> uh exciting but that, that wasn't today anyway although i do know a guy at the convenience store that's as big as a sasquatch that's his nickname um, go ahead andrew sorry
2: yeah keith was talking about your number 16 and keith oh, another thing that i actually i mean i could see the the cubes and the symmetry and i guess one could argue oh i could break apart that way but aside that very obvious sort of um uh cubed piece it's sort of bluish in color if you go slightly over mm-hmm. to the left on the edge of that "quote unquote" rock, it almost looks like there's a nail kind of embedded. Exactly, it, it,
1: mm-hmm. you're right. Exactly, that's what I thought. If you look at it closely, uh, it's uh, probably not, but it really does look like an old-fashioned, like you know, uh, colonial-era nail or something. But I, I think there's a reason why that thing that it's in the squarish area that it's in. I think this is petrified wood. Mm-hmm. And this uh, is, i this is about that. Yeah, this is one of my this is one of my personal fixations about Mars. I have been seeing this for uh a, the longest time. And I mean nobody ever brings that up, you know, but it's uh I think that I think that they used a lot of wood. It just wasn't the kind of wood that um the uh you know that we're used to. Uh it turns out that in the I think that the terrain around there on Mars was when it was Rich and fertile was equivalent to like the Permian era here, you know, like 100, you know, several hundred million years ago. That doesn't mean that it was several hundred million years ago, but I think that's as far as the foliage you got. Because remember, it was.
0: I'm just amazed at that slope that the nail is on. That is, it, it's got a it's nice angle on it. It looks like it was smooth, but there's debris on it or something that's built up, or the wood has puckered up.
1: Doesn't but, it look like wood? Yeah, yeah. really—it's crazy. Uh, and the and the other stuff around there, it looks like it was something that was made out of, you know, wooden beams and uh, probably rather rough ones, and they uh, just petrified in place. See, we don't we don't give the wood a chance to do that here. But remember, at some point in the past, Mars' environment really fell apart. Worse than anything that the climate change Karens can predict or anything. I mean, it was bad news. And uh, so all kinds of stuff happened. And um, so I think we're just seeing examples of uh, what can happen to things like that. I mean, I've seen stuff that, for God's sake, look like looks like plywood. You know, they can talk yeah. about layers and uh, sedimentary layers and everything else. But... Um, yeah the only other one and the the one above that and Keith just included them. I told him he could skip these last two, but the uh yeah number fifteen that that looks like a little dolman you know the stuff that Maria Wheatley talks about with the uh, remember the what's that one in New York called that's the big one um it was just a couple weeks ago, guys you know it's just like just some rocks piled on rocks and um the uh it was a standard fixture for Celtic societies, and they were, um, turns out those are all grave markers. That was the equivalent of headstones. And so this looks like one that was on Mars and that one's from the, um, oh, it doesn't Yeah, it does. Yeah. That's from Curiosity. That's from not curiosity from opportunity Rover. And I thought, Oh, that looks like one of those little dolmen, dolmens. you know, the thing at the, the rock at the very top of the pile was balanced on top of the others. And Maria had an explanation for why they're rough looking like that. There's some whole protocol to it. And I've been meaning to find some background material and read up on it because I'm pretty good with the archaeology, but I never investigated the fine art of Dahlman building. And there's uh, apparently something to it. But that's kind of out of our area here. The, uh, oh, the only one I wanted to present to everybody, which doesn't require conversation necessarily, was number 13. That was the... Um, Uh, which is a grouping of stuff that's very artificial. You want artificial stuff? Look at those panels there. Those are all, those are all from, uh, Curiosity. And, um, they have, if you blow them up really big, the image numbers are on the, um, frames there. You know, I think it's, all of them are kind of inarguable. Um, and, uh, So it's, and there's stuff like that all over the place. And I expect that we'll get to some place in Jizzero where we start seeing similar things. You know, they're supposedly headed up, trying to find a path to get up on top of the, um, uh, well, the Delta, as they call it. But, you know, if you look at the, we don't have an area shot in this week's pictures uh, from aerial, I mean from um, above but you know if you look at it there's some elevation there so they've got to figure out some way to get up into there but if you if you look at it there that's where that's where the ruins equivalent to the stuff we see in gale seem to be not in the lowlands where they are if they wanted to see something there they would have to head the other direction down towards those pyramids that richard and other people have right. pointed out
3: I don't understand why they did not try that way. There's like a there's also this oval shape. It's not that far either, literally. But they went the. I thought they were going for it. They beelined that left around the corner, and uh, I was like, "Man, what that's crazy! Come on, it, it, it's, it's obviously like too perfect. It's like a teardrop pyramid type thing." And I, hopefully one day they'll get there. But that, uh, right,
1: it's like a it's like a comic. It's like a comic book. It's, a, uh, it's one of the. It's not Marvel or DC, but it's the um, Rescue Rangers or something. I don't know. This is a, um, um run away, run away. You know, they, they say, oh, look, ruins. Run away, run away. Because um, that's what the, uh, yeah, that's what number 12 is for. You know, obviously the rover can't travel over that stuff uh, to get to the stuff that is obviously there in the distance.
3: It's so. amazing it's still traveling at all the way the wheels look right now. I haven't seen the curiosity. I haven't looked at any pictures of them. I know a year or two ago they were really beat
1: up. Uh, oh, yeah, they I are. They- Richard had an explanation for that. He said it's the glass it's because they did not expect to be because there's plenty of it on, um, you know, everywhere. I mean, I uh, there are pictures from Opportunity and Spirit that have unexplained splashes of color. And there's no dome over those areas, but uh there, uh there could be habitats. you know it's just has anybody seen that TV show The Ex No, I
3: love we were, yeah, we went through all the sides over now.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah
4: yeah,
1: yeah. Just, uh, yeah, it's pretty trippy. well the, 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 right in the be- in the opening credits, they've got those shots of the uh, of the civilization hour transplant uh on mars and you see those domes scattered all over the place
3: yeah it, it was a lot of pre-programming i think into that movie into that show it, it really a lot of it was based on what maybe a few maybe our past year you know what i mean we were reading it again
1: i think you're right. i think you're right yeah well andrew has done a lot of um exploring and imagineering um to steal a term from Disney uh, on the uh on dome structures. And yeah, they don't have to cover the whole crater. It's just Mars has a whole well, a plethora of craters that are twenty miles across. It's odd that there were so many things that struck it that made craters just that size. <laughs> yeah. And uh Yeah.
3: And not that so, deep either.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're all very there's great similarity amongst them and I think that they were um uh, I'm not saying that they were constructed that way, but I think they picked all of those and those were, that was maybe it had something to do with the protocols of their engineering. You know, the, the, an awful lot of those seem to be like that. One that we haven't visited physically with the rover yet is Hale crater. And it's about the same size as Jezero, And there's a lot of interesting stuff in there that you can see from the aerial shots, just like as, um, was that, was that you, Will, that mentioned the, some of the uh, Keith Laney's stuff with the um, aerial shots that, uh, yeah, you can see they're much more intact than anything the rovers have, have gone near? You know, there are areas of Mars where there's, there's buildings and stuff, even things that are close to Richard's um, arcologies that are pretty intact. You know, they'd be worth visiting. But you'd need more than a rover to take a good look at them, and uh, maybe eventually they will. Anyway, maybe. somebody somebody mentioned Gigapans. Who's got Gigapans?
3: I, I tell you what, everybody's on them now. I've got uh, the guy Todd from my web, like he runs What'sUpInTheSky.com with me, and uh, he's he's doing them all the time. It's it's great because you, it's like you are in them. I, I've got a couple that I've done and put together. Uh, the one that I got my pictures on has, has some from us all from Curiosity that, that is pretty amazing. They just came back from like the PDS. Anybody knows what the PDS Here we is? go. Oh, no. Yeah. It, yeah it, let's it, go to Will's it, items. It's, it's a planetary database system so it comes down with a lot more data but it's not just a JPEG file coming mm-hmm. from it. So, so it's, uh, I was just pulling up, I am sitting here pulling up this, I did a video one time on this piece of glass on Mars and uh, it's I wish I could just – I wish we could fast post it off because it is one of the best. You can literally see it. It's it's uh, the picture. I'll, I'll share this thing with you guys. But It's a shard. You can see right through it, and you can see the uh, rock behind it. It's, it's pretty cool. But you're right. It's, it doesn't seem to be everywhere, but it seems to be
1: certain places. You're right. You're right. I found a couple of those. Uh, you had, Do you have one of those here? I'm looking Not at yet. number four. I I'm looking know. at your number four with a, It's got a red arrow. What's the red arrow pointing at? All right, let's see where we got here. All right. I gotta remember what I said. Number four. All right, if you look looking at
3: those pieces down here, the, look at the, the, the top left of it. You can see there's an arch piece in there. This is a whole mm-hmm. wall. Like if you check the GigaPan out below it, uh, mm-hmm. you'll see it's a whole wall. And you, they got two shots from two different angles, pretty pretty cool. And they have a couple other angles too on the other side. Um, but you can see oh, the the way the blocks are cut like where where there's if you come up with the top left one this here, that's where there's a little archway or something up there everything on the top seems to be decorated
1: almost yeah you're almost right, like you're we're right. i think that's called uh, uh ashlar is that the style of where they just pile rocks you know and they're not uh, they're not staggered in the normal fashion you just pile you just pile they can be cut blocks but you just stack them up and uh yeah, it's, you're right. How it looks how it. they fit Yeah, they fit they fit together. It's uh and uh some of that nobody has ever figured out even on Earth. The uh places in like in Peru, it's Sacsayhuaman, uh the um that's the big gigantic block wall with the irregular cut stuff. Uh they've they have noticed and um people that have researchers have noticed they three-dimensionally fit together like one of those wooden puzzles you could buy at ikea or something uh and uh, they don't know how they could have cut them i mean the cutting is is...
3: go ahead it it doesn't make any sense to me either i I, was fascinated by uh brian forster does a lot of great work i wonder if richard's ever had him on he would be a great guest so he's he's yeah, it does uh, all sorts of uh, videos and travels and tours, especially the little stuff down in uh, down south. It's pretty amazing.
1: Um, Sounds so, like a good idea to me. I've heard the yeah, name.
3: It's but you see, like those type those those walls you're talking about, stacked away on them, or whatever. However you say it. Uh, they were huge. I mean, it's, you see the people next to them. It's crazy. They look like, they look like little ants, nice, this, this huge thing, and it's perfectly put together. And this whole wall is like that. There's a couple other on that picture you're looking at that I thought was pretty interesting. Down to the bottom right one, there's also, it looks like another wow. another outpost coming out of it, at least maybe going down. That could be pictures, you know, it could be the pictures of life. But, and above that, you can just see that there's, uh, there's one to the left of that just the square nature to it. There's got bevels on the things. I mean, it looks like wall has been broken down. And they really do. Then mm-hmm. there's another piece down at the bottom left of that one. that It almost looks like it's got an arched top on it, but you can mm-hmm. see a bevel in that as well.
1: Number two is really fascinating because that looks like uh, carvings.
3: Let's see. Let's go to, yes, these were this, so this hole is on the Gigapan. It's amazing. This whole area, Um, you can, it, and there's two two spot, There's two of these things. There's another one of these up the hill. It, it's a little bit smaller, but uh, it does. It, I don't usually want to say I see. Like we have a lot of people that watch um, the channels or, or post things on uh, our message boards and things like that on the website, Facebook. And they they the pareidolia whatever however you say it, you know they put up like you know they see people, they see little beings and things like that. I, I don't see. Did that.
1: you just use the p word? Yeah, pareidolia? Yeah. It's paradoia. I, I have a yeah. All
3: right.
1: paradoia. I have a I have a Catholic uh, uh, school nun ruler ready to slap the hand of anybody that tries to say it's paradoia or something. You can look it up. It's paradolia. There is no such thing, but that's the way the words pronounced that they made up for it.
3: That they made up for it. Yeah, the, the, the one of those was when Webster's back when. Uh, but that one you see, you see, there's there's a lot of symmetry like in that. Really bright rock too down to the bottom. That, yeah. That's uh, that was the actual. You know, I didn't have to pump that or anything. I changed the colors. I basically white balanced it, but that was it.
1: Uh, yeah, well, that's about a yeah, yeah a simple a simple earth sort of white balance is all you really need. And, and I can act. Yeah, that no, I love that one because I like the framing. I'm all about the framing. <laughs> that's why I trim images. And this one, that's a nicely that's a nicely framed shot, even I'll with see. the little red arrows. Those are for Richard. He likes little red arrows. I'm not yeah, fond of them.
3: I don't <laughs> I mean, usually do that either. I, I, I did it. You know because I was coming on for Richard. That's why I put him in there. That's funny you said that because none of my pictures usually have that. But uh, I think, check out number three if you guys want to go to that. This is one of the one of the best. Absolutely. Pieces. This, I think this is some of the best proof. I. St- the, there's a the bottom left hand corner of that one. There's a there's a rock down there that looks like our big cut. Uh,
1: oh yeah. Oh yeah. There we are.
3: It's got a large way on it. It's, like, you know, it's a curve at the top, and it goes back it's the symmetry, the perfectness of it. It's being kind of uh, – it's kind of – it's being sheltered by the, the rock on top of it that seems to have some carvings yeah. or something. Well, this There's no the way I like to do there. this stuff is
1: jump around. Yeah, it's great. Is what?
3: There's a home plate looking thing. If you look to the top left of it, there's a uh, you know stuff that's double mm-hmm. right under it. It looks like a baseball home plate, uh, the way it's cut there.
1: Well remember they remember back sure. in the Curiosity Spirit days they uh they named their landings or they named the target spot home plate because they had that kind of yeah. uh, shape that it's a bit bigger. Uh um, I love jumping around. If you go go back up to number um Thirteen of mine, which conveniently is near the bottom of them uh the lower left corner uh that panel there that's yeah that's something from curiosity you see that's obviously sculpted i can't oh, say yeah. it look, i can't say it looks like anything in particular but it's um a um uh it has something very um you have to well you have to go to a larger scale when to see it but in the at the on the lower edge there's some very um manufactured looking stuff. Um, but it's, uh, even in the rough one, I mean, it's, it's no amount of erosion or anything. It's going to produce something that looks like that.
3: No, so the a T in that top left rock that's carved into it. Uh, unless uh, that can't be uh artifact, JPEG artifacts or something. It literally looks like a T And if if you up at to the top. Pretty mm-hmm. much you were in the center of the picture and then you started pointing your way back up to the top left. That, that's, that's mm-hmm. pretty wild right there.
1: It's <laughs> Perfect. Then, yeah they all have the, they all have their they all have their value yeah the um uh, i mean they're they're they all have their spe- their special gifts um the um yeah the big one in the middle of that uh mosaic or it's not a mosaic that that grouping uh what does what does the andrew call them uh poster yeah the big one in the middle of that poster that goes edge to edge uh that thing has puzzled the hell out of me and that was from um as I remember a very early thought from yeah. uh, curiosity. Uh, I mean, the more you look at it, you can say, well, there's some complicated bunch of stuff going on in there, and I see something that looks like a looks like a whalebone, and, um, I mean, you know, structurally, I, not, I not I carved engine, out.
4: I,
3: I think the engine has been destroyed and just, like, melted down. It, it almost looks metal to me, some of it. I don't that's,
1: know if that the That's quite Mm -hmm. possible. It's it's something, but it's yeah. Yeah. That one is inscrutable. You know, the uh, several of them are, but they're obviously not uh, matters of erosion. So um, I'm looking at at your
0: number two, and and where you're pointing the arrow at, yeah, will number two, and right below the arrow that's pointing towards the the curved edge of the. It almost looks like a distorted face that's been blown away. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Down think. below that looks like an image of a seal with the eye, the perfect circle, and the eyebrow. And then to the right, behind that on the wall, there's something with some kind of pattern in the, the 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 horizontal line that's kind of slanted. But then to the right of that, on the right side, there is something that's got 90 degree angle corner and serrations that are 90 degrees that are in something right there in that corner that does not look natural everything's parallel it, it's it, it looks almost like it's some kind of vent or something with louvers on it
3: the think about that but you're right it does almost look like that and a couple of them open at the bottom of it you can see
0: Maybe that's, everybody says everybody's
3: underground on Mars. You know? that's what's, I don't, they don't seem to come up too much
1: for it. But I'm fascinated by that thing on that image that you didn't draw an arrow to, okay, unless, it's the, unless it's the top right arrow that's just pointing down uh, at an angle, because that, uh, that looks like another pilot. Uh, the, uh, uh, well, I, I hate to say it, but it remind, anybody familiar with Farscape? Remember Farscape? Yeah, my girlfriend
3: was awake, she loved that show. She's she's sleeping. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah, we watch okay. a lot.
1: It's awesome. Remember the remember the little Dominar? Oh
3: wow. Yeah, I see you
1: now. See him now? Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to see it I'd have to see it sharpened up some to um, be that, but it's uh yeah, it's somewhere in between that and something like the Palenque pilot. Uh, yeah. That's one thing I found that uh Gizero, picture's not amongst these, but I had it up before. It's a uh, dead ringer for the one the uh, Palenque astronaut carved on one of those rocks. Uh, there's, there's actually bunches of them. I, fa- I found three uh, from Curiosity and that, uh, that one from Perseverance. So it, it was depicting something. There had to be a reason. Why? Why? Whether on this planet or anywhere else, they were using those. It must have been some sort of hero worship of some sort. Something, you You
3: yeah. okay, guys pull my number one. I want to show you guys. This is this was this is what actually drove my mind. these actually? So I, here's how I put these together. Everybody, it was about the giga Pans and things. This one I had actually put together, and it was. Uh, I went out – I went to the their database system, which is where all the raw data comes. I downloaded the image files, put them into Mm -hmm. my converter, converted them over to the PNG files, and then put them into the Mosaic Builder, had it get done, and put it in there. And then I white-balanced it. But number one, it called me – this is at the top of the actual – if you look at the GigaPan. um, Oh, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. it's pretty cool. And then to the top right there is some sort of mineral growth or what looks like tubing, something up there uh, that's – that just is uh, hanging off this whole wall. And that's a sheer wall that goes straight down. You can see it in there. Oh, here. there you go. Yeah, I see it. <laughs> it, it. That caught my eye. I was like, whoa, that's weird.
1: It looks like a, it's either a, a a dead gooseneck lamp or it's a um, snake hanging. <laughs> it's definitely definitely something round and cable
0: Hanging down the- Ooh, I'm sorry, guys. Uh, well, really we're, cool. whoops, we're break. into the break. Um, sorry about that. Um, you're listening to the other side of midnight, and uh, we're getting to some really serious stuff here. That we're looking at on uh, Mars right now, so we'll be right back after the break, and um, you guys sit tight. <laughs>
7: Tune in to listen to Richard C. Holden and his fascinating guests. Join Club 19.5 to get access to exclusive member benefits. Search the archives. Listen to past episodes anytime on any device. Membership costs $9.95 a month, 33 cents a day. Support the broadcast that provides you with the most interesting conversation available. Talk radio at the cutting edge of science and thought. The other side of midnight.com. One thing you'll
4: find
9: is essential is
4: our club. 19.5
5: it's a hyperdimensional storage case A
4: treasure trove of outer space Our club, 19.5 All the data we've accumulated
7: The final hit titled and collated
5: Why don't you just drop on by, and
4: give our
9: club a try? If you're in the hyperdimensional, you'll find our credentials are
4: fine. Club 19.5
0: And welcome back to The Other Side of Midnight. Our discussion about Mars is getting really heated here. We're finding some really good stuff in these pictures that just don't belong there. And uh, I think the Anunnaki built most of this stuff because they had a way station that it ferried the gold from the Earth to, to Mars and then on to Nibiru. And they built all this stuff. And... They can't admit that this stuff is sitting there, because if they do, that means if there's, if we've got artifacts in our neighborhood right next door, Ooh, that means that this whole universe is teeming with life everywhere. So let's get back to what our conversation was all about with the guys here. Okay, guys, where do we leave off?
1: Uh, we're talking about Will's picture number one, uh, but...
3: Yeah, that's, that that's pretty self-explanatory. I put a couple of things on. It was, if you guys want to check out any more, a couple down. Let's go down to the number five. The uh, I lucked out on this one. I was looking through the files after I downloaded them, and the right mass cam on the Curiosity rover takes a really clear picture, and the left takes a different... Uh, it's a little bit different shape, but it's wider, eight legs, not as nice quality. Um, so i realized that there was parts of this picture that was still there, so this came from the last one
4: um mm-hmm.
3: so it's not as clean it's not as clean as the other ones. but if you look at it on the gigapan, which I recommend everybody could, should
1: do that at some point because it's just you're right one of them is a wider angle than the other, yeah, you're right the uh yeah,
3: it, it picks more up from wherever it is, but yeah i <clears> that I thought this was pretty cool there's a that's the top right top out right there it still seems to be uh these blocks made it down. And then there's just other stuff to the left. You can see where there's uh, – the bottom left looks like whatever type of rock, stone, material that was has a – I don't know, like a stripe in it or something like that. Uh, Andrew, you you been uh, quiet? What's going on? You
2: may we seeing here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, Will, you mentioned um, home plate. Is this the image that you were sort of mentioning? I mean, I, I know, a shape of a rock that kind of, or a supposedly a rock again that looks like a home plate?
3: No, but I see it now that you're looking at it. <laughs> the one yeah. at the bottom left. Yeah, this wasn't the same one, but uh, it's uh, it's the same soul, same day. Okay. Um, so this. Well, it's basically.
2: Well, uh, the reason why I brought it up is, I mean, we're beginning baseball season now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, the spring equinox and stuff, and I've been having these. Uh, thoughts mulling through my mind uh, for a while now and it's it it, because you guys talked about i think it was um uh, ron you mentioned spirit the spirit rover and home plate and how the satellite images of where i guess spirit was roving around back was it 2009 guys am i getting that right
1: that sounds about right that Yeah.
2: yeah and and it was that I guess it was like a plane of some sort, but it has a very distinctive shape. It really does look like a home plate. And there's been this cryptic sort of, um, it's just because you guys mentioned the spirit and, and home plate, and then one of your images will. And I've been, actually, I was thinking about this before the show even started, like baseball and this whole sort of esoteric symbology has been going on in my head for a while. I'd I i um I'd like to read something if, if I may, um, this for people who may not understand what i'm talking about this comes from mars.nasa.gov and it's um oh i think it's a, it's this uh, well it's a while back but let me just read it very quickly so this would have been back in the early 2000s so this week nasa this is called spirit hits a home run this week nasa's mars exploration rover spirit arrived at home plate a feature that when seen from orbit looks like the home plate of a baseball diamond Home plate is a roughly circular feature, about 80 metres, 260 feet in diameter, that might be an odd impact crater or a volcanic feature. The Spirit team has been eager to get to home plate and has been enjoying distant views of the feature and a curious bathtub ring of light-coloured materials along its edges. The team has pushed the rover hard to get here before the deep Martian winter sets in. Now, I'm going to skip along. We were talking about how they're naming rocks, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Now, listen to this. As Spirit works at home plate during February, this is, I guess, back in 2006, it says here. uh, The science team is choosing informal names for rocks from the great players and managers of the Negro League of Baseball. This is what it says on on the NASA site. This outcrop, Barnhill, is informally named after David Barnhill, the ace of the New York Cubans pitching staff during the early 1940s. 1940s Hmm. he compiled an 18 and 3 record in 1941 and defeated satchel page in the 1942 east-west all-star game other rocks in the area are informally named after josh gibson the bullet joe rogan and cumberland posey stay tuned this month as the baseball hall of fame elects more players from the negro leagues and spirit continues to examine these spectacular rocks now I bring this up because it's been spinning around in my head and then you guys touched on it and thinking, geez, we're all kind of like psychically connected. Mm-hmm. But NASA cryptically named it this way. And, you know, baseball does have this kind of very odd um esoteric uh, you know, features to it. I I I maybe we can get into it a little bit later. But remember recently, I think it was in November two thousand twenty one, have been early December, when um President Biden was, I believe, visiting the Vatican, and he mentioned Satchel Page to the Pope. Even really – I don't know if he speaks much English, and it was a very odd interaction that you know sort of went on. Um, and then I recall um, recently uh, – I'm going to bring up uh, Dr. Farrell again, but he had done an interview with um, Daniel Litz, the dark journalist, and they had done a whole sort of expose on, I believe – a part of their interview was about the spirit rover um mission and the videos were taken down and what uh, the dark journalist daniel was accused of is youtube said you guys are 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 what is it what did youtube has said you're 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 reenacting ancient or it's not ancient you're reenacting history you're not allowed to do that it was a very odd thing and it made them both you know uh dr ferrell and Daniel sort of go, what? And then they did more videos and they just published (sighs) more. I guess my point is, is that is there some sort of secret code being communicated? And again, what claim is being made here on Mars? I I don't don't know. Maybe I'm jumping way too far out on the limb here, guys, but it just has been spinning. Now, this also brings to mind an episode from The X-Files, which was actually not written by – Carter, Chris Carter, but by David Duchovny and someone else. I was just reviewing it, and it was a episode. Back- oh,
1: the alien base, the alien baseball yes. player one. Yes, that was so. Yes. I was just thinking of that before you mentioned it. That was a cool episode.
2: Yeah, the unnatural, and it was based around. oh, What was his name? It was a weird name that it was sort of like he was an alien, but he was posing as a as an African American in the 1940s in the roswell mexico in the roswell new mexico baseball league it's guys there's, there's something going on here it's just your baseball reference brought this up um will and i and it just made me I, okay i want to finish i don't want to take over guys but i want to read something i just found this is this is um i just googled this up this is from the southern crossing org, and it's called baseball as an esoteric ritual now a few a couple months ago Richard and I I was saying, Richard, there's something odd about the baseball angle here on Mars. And he says, Well go look it up what the ritual, you know, what what the esoteric side I'll let me read just a touch here of what this person this person named Hannah M. G. Shapiro wrote. It is the vernal equinox and the ritual has begun. The participants enter into the sacred quadrant and take their stations at geometrically significant places. They are all men dressed in pure white garb, marked with colorful esoteric symbols. They hold ritual implements in their hands four more men arrive they are dressed in dark blue like concelebrating priests they confer on the details of the liturgy then they take their places a sacred hymn is intoned and after that comes the opening words of the ceremony play ball we need look no further than the local baseball diamond to find high ritual there is no need to hanker after secret masonic rites in closed halls or occult workings in incense filled chambers Wherever baseball is played, a true ritual goes on as exoteric, as daylight, as powerful, as spring. Far more than other sports, baseball shows an esoteric structure. The game is played on a geomantically perfect square. Each base stands at what would be the quarters in Western esoteric ritual. These four bases also stand for the four elements, though attributions are variable. Home plate with its coating of dust, seems to be earth, while third base is traditionally referred to as the hot corner signifying fire. In the center is the pitcher's mound, a circle in the middle of the square mandala, which speaks to us of the fifth element of spirit or the center point of wholeness. And on and on it goes. But it's just you know, we're... (laughs) I don't know guys I'm trying to unravel something that, that's been spinning and part of it was your fault Will. you were telling me about when you were at, uh, in your in your baseball years in little league and going to uh the little league um world championships I think or and uh yeah I do you guys have any comments about this cuz there's something going on here and and you know with Biden making the comments he made and now with again with with um you know the whole Twitter issue <sighs> What what are we seeing? I'm, I I know I'm probably jumping a little further in the show where we probably wanted to come to, but
8: and anything, guys? No, no. Uh,
1: all I can think of, Andrew, is that if we could get half the audience to love Martian ruins as much as you love baseball, <laughs> then then Elon, Elon Musk would have his football. That's so that's, a, that's a, you're setting you're setting our goal. Uh, no, I I think this stuff is fascinating, and it's. Um, uh it, it's probably it it probably all means something because everybody thinks in metaphorical terms, whether they voice it or not, and so it's you know that's why you, that's why you find the context that works for various people and uh, the uh, baseball is in some senses more spiritual than most sports are I don't mean in a churchy sense I mean in a devotional Sense. You know, I, people really get into baseball. Maybe it's because it has no time limits. You know, like everything else has, you know, yes. strict clocks uh, and everything.
3: It, some of my best memories are on the baseball field, I literally with my teammates, winning, losing. Literally, you know, I played that. hot. I was either I was catcher, or I was I was at that hot corner man at third base. I I had some, go. some balls ripped towards me over there. I've also ripped some, some balls down the third base line, but yeah, I never thought it ever. Never thought about it as esoteric ritual, you know. Um, yeah, I guess most games were, were, could be could well, be
1: well, the, like that as well. Yeah, well, it's the like is, the mystery. Of, it's like the mystery of the bumblebee. You know, there's that mathematician that scrawled uh, uh, equations on a napkin once. And it was kind of whimsical, but it got a lot of staying power, proving that a bumblebee cannot fly. You know, because the physics doesn't work well. It's also it's also been proven that humans can't uh uh hit a baseball the batter can't hit it there isn't enough time for me for the ref- for their reflexes to react you know so there's a certain mystical aspect there as well well those are both specious arguments but i mean they both you know they're, they're both real you know. it's very intuitive once you play you know it's so uh,
3: you know it's you can tell i mean, when you're hitting you you tell what's coming off the pitcher's hand. It throws, right. They're throwing a curveball. they no throwing chain. You, you pick that up. It's almost instantaneous. Um, it's very strange how that
2: how that kind of it works. Is, well, you know, and interesting, guys. I, 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 it was actually during that interview where Joseph and um, Daniel Litz were talking about. Um, you know the, the satchel page and, and and the Negro leagues and how Biden brought this up and how they, then their their videos got suspended because they were talking about Mars and baseball and spirit road but there <laughs> daniel mentioned um daniel mentioned um uh who was the sleeping psychic the, the American sleeping sleeping edgar psychic Casey. edgar Cayce, yeah. Edgar Cayce yeah. right yeah. yeah and he or was mentioning here. yeah yeah, and he was mentioning that in one of his readings, he was communicating with, I guess, um, I don't know if he had clients that asked to speak to people that had passed. But apparently there were some people that he had uh, allegedly spoke to. And the question was asked by, I guess, the people who were inquiring is, well, what's it like on the other side? And they said, oh, the weather is great. And, they, and, the, and the answer back from our side was, well, really? And then they said back, yeah, we get to play baseball all the time. It's it's, it's <laughs> I mean it, it, these are very odd things but this comes back to – again I'm going to come back to Richard's article because it is pertinent to the to the to the show from zero Head. humans may, yeah humans may be all over the universe scientists say now talking about rituals and singing and dancing let me just read a little bit from this the University of Cambridge astrobiologists believe that that the, this scenario is more possible than you'd imagine based on his research the BBC Science Focus magazine recently published an interview with Simon Conway Morris, an evolutionary paleobiologist at the University Department of Earth Sciences, in which he stated that researchers can say with reasonable confidence that human-like evolution has occurred in other parts of the universe. Well, let's scale that back and put it in our own backyard, in in our solar system. The idea of convergent evolution, which according to Science Focus, asserts that random effects gradually average out such that evolution converges, tending to generate similar creatures in any given environment. There, Ron is your your big giant um, trees that may be 100 million years old, but they all converge in the same sort of way, lies at the heart of Morris's thinking. Flying, for instance, to bring it back to Ron and the bumblebee, was used by the magazine as an illustration of how flying had evolved independently on Earth at least four times in birds, bats, insects, and pterosaurs. In summary, convergent evolution theory asserts that evolution is a natural law that operates similarly on all planets. In other words, the blue and green alien humanoids from Star Trek may be real. It's not only Morris who thinks uh, extraterrestrial life evolved human-like. In fact, a biologist named Eric Kirschenbaum, at the prestigious British school, published a whole book on it. Because evolution is the explanatory mechanisms for life everywhere, Kirschenbaum told Quanta Magazine this year. Then the principles that we uncover on Earth should be applicable in the rest of the universe. Now, here's the point. While it's tempting to imagine extraterrestrial species who don't share human cultures, in human cultural interests like philosophy and literature, Kirschenbaum argues that they didn't merely emerge as sophisticated technical entities even advanced extraterrestrial life forms would have evolved from pre-technological species and they would have danced sang and told tales like on earth and perhaps guys played games anyways i don't i, I hope this this brings it back because i think mm-hmm. we're, we're 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 coming to the to the culture and to the games and to the esoterica that that's you know embedded in the martian regolith and in the Martian cliffs, and I and I and we're uncovering it, guys. And this has to be made rampant <laughs> soon. We've been saying that for years. I, I think most
3: people now, if they really think, if, if you asked, would believe that there's most likely extraterrestrials out there, things like that. Uh, I mean, it's come a long way. It's, there's a hell of a disinformation campaign that, that went on. During, you know, oh, you're after. right. After we started testing the dukes, it seems like that's when a lot of people got interested in us. Um,
1: mm-hmm. um, nothing like a, nothing like the, the imminent taste of death to uh, make people start reconsidering things.
3: <laughs> wait, wait, I, wake up, I the,
1: think, uh... Yeah, I think there's a fatal flaw in that convergent evolution thing, though, because I believe that we were, were and are a science project. I think it's uh, – I mean, to me, the evidence is pretty clear that we were – manufactured out of local resources. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's happened many times and I think that when you're doing that, uh, a better way to look at it would be a more mechanical one. It's like, uh, why do cars why are cars cars? I mean, why do we have the uh, why are train tracks, trolley tracks specifically, the same with width? width? as the uh, tracks uh, ground into the Roman roads. You know, these things are practical decisions that are made and then they just keep doing it that way. That's the measurement that you use. And we are the standard template for something like this. And I mean, I don't think we can discount all of the stories from folklore and myth of the um, uh, gods, gods, aliens, whatever, that um, made us in their image to use the biblical biblical phrasing why because that's the easiest standard template they wouldn't go out of their way to make five-legged um uh servant beings or you know offspring whichever you know whether it was benign or more much more likely to make sir a servile workforce uh which has disturbing Uh, connotations about the the origins of things like slavery. Maybe these are, maybe what we should worry about is cultural evolution instead of physical evolution. Cultural evolution, that's believable. You know, the, um, but, uh, physical, yeah, you use the chemistry that you have available. You don't say, well, what other chemistry could do the same thing? You know, this is why I always had a problem with, uh, Star Trek because it was, not realistic in that sense. You know, it's like the, uh, the one Star Trek show that I love, which, um, is the one that a lot of people don't, which is enterprise the one with Scott Bakula, et cetera, in it. And, um, there's a scene in there where they're inside their first encounter with some real alien races and they look pretty much human, but this, this woman is dealing with her child and, um, she, it looks like she's torturing him with a little oxygen mask, and um, Tripp goes over to try and intercede, and Paul grabs him and says, you don't understand, they're from wherever, and uh, up until the age of four, the children, they breathe methyl oxide, and so she's just weaning him off of that with a little oxygen. Well, that's just, okay, that may look good in the writer's room, but it makes no sense whatsoever you know it's it, things like that they go out of their way to make them alien when they're not because i think it pretty much we're going to run into a humanoid universe you know that's that's a standard uh, standard template you know they um because we're not going to look for planets that have uh, atmospheres we can't breathe what's the point you know and so they may they may be a lot different but i think it's um Yeah, they're making suppositions. It's like the people that say, well, you know, nobody's come here from other star systems because our physics says that you can't go fast enough to get there in a reasonable period of time. You know, everybody.
2: So, Ron, what's the tipping point? I mean, you guys mentioned the nuclear side of this and then perhaps the interest that that provoked from some ones. But what's the tipping point where our present humanity either. Uh, moves to the stage where we finally reconnect with the cousins or with the gods or with whomever, is there a tipping point? Cause well, I know you're saying, yeah, we've been waiting for years and we just keep putting more mileage on, but it, you know, with that mileage comes a lot more information and information roadways, you know, speaking of tracks and roads going up hills and that's through the social media here, at least here on this planet. Right. And, mm-hmm. and a and, and common language yeah. between people. I mean, there's a real desire to do what's right by most people, you know, like to, you know, well, it seems nowadays freedom is getting a bad word, becoming a bad word, but, um, you know, there really is a common sense in most people. And our political ideologies aside, most people just want, you know, to move along quite well and peaceful and, and have an interesting life. So what's the tipping point where we reconnect if, it, if that's indeed our, our destiny? Hmm. I mean, that's a tough one just to
3: even think about answering.
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's pretty deep there
3: when you think about it. I mean, it's it, – it, have we already gone past? It? Is the stuff already written in stone? Who knows? So would it? Uh, I just the, – the different theories, the multiverse, thing, there's so much out there that we're bombarded with. I don't know where I would go with that, <laughs> with mm-hmm. that one. Maybe Ron. Maybe, maybe Ron got an
1: idea. Uh-huh. Well, no, I agree it's a, it's a bit imponderable because you don't know uh, you need a you need some point of convergence. There has to be a crossing point, you know, anytime anytime things cross over, uh you can get an influence one way or the other, but as long as they're existing, you know, in isolation, uh it's hard to imagine. Uh, yeah, but, Ron, that's,
2: that's not – no, 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 that's not true. You and I have had many conversations. By the way, it's nice to talk to you again. Um yeah. and, and you've talked about there could be etch points, you know, little etch points in, in human history. For instance, um, you know, the Romans – and I know we're getting close to the break, and Keith's mm-hmm. going to keep bugging us here. But, you know, maybe after the break, you could describe, you know, your theories, your, postulation, your postulations around what seemed to be happening – in ancient Rome, what was coming? And I again, I know we're we're getting close. Oh, 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 I'd I, love I to get into that. Okay. Yeah, and, and and I know we'll circle back to our images again. Absolutely, because that's the core of where we're where we're at, right? But I, you know, I think mm-hmm. there have been points in history where maybe this was ready to happen on some level.
1: But um, anyways, I know uh, Keith. Do you want to take us out of here? Yeah, <laughs> no, This will tie into one of Richard's uh, one of Richard's points too that we didn't oh, cover. Perfect. Yeah, the lobster.
0: Okay, go ahead, Keith. Sorry. Okay. Uh, This is a great conversation. You guys are doing a great job here. Uh, We're coming up on this break real quick, and um, I just wanted to say that I now know what that image is in number two of uh, Wills. The arrow that's pointing down at the uh, curvature, the top of the roof, uh, it's Mayan is a guy with his left hand up, holding that corner up, and I see it now. It's it's obvious. But you're listening to the other side of midnight. Uh, we'll be back back after this break, and you guys hang in there because this is getting good. Yeah.
10: in the navigator bar or in the left-hand column. Membership costs $19.95 per month. That's 33 tetrahedral cents a day. I mean, it's the price of a couple of cups of coffee. As a Club 19.5 member, you'll gain access to this show and literally hundreds of previous shows on hundreds of different topics going back to 2015 that we have done. Our archive shows have the commercials removed, And you'll be able to download the MP3 files directly from the 19-point archives, if you prefer. To enhance your listener experience, a new The Other Side of Midnight podcast is being added to all show pages, which will allow you to instantly search the show archives of Radio with Pictures, thus easily accessing the corresponding show. Plus, you can just as quickly access the entire podcast list when you're on the go. I want to personally thank all our Club 19.5 members because without your continuing support, this show would literally not be on the air. Please continue supporting the broadcast to provide you with the most interesting conversation available, talk radio at the cutting edge of science and thought, and if you like what you hear on the other side of midnight, tell your friends, and continue growing the show by having them subscribe to Club 19.5 as well, because we need all of you. And when I say we need you, you're the reason we're doing all this. Hoagland, over and out.
4: Okay.
0: Welcome back to The Other Side of Midnight. Uh, Yeah, before we went into break, I said that I was looking at Will's image number two. And that arrow at the top is pointing down at the corner of that curved uh, overhang. There's a Mayan guy. There was left hand up, palm up, holding that corner up. And I was looking at this going, it's Am I reading something into this? This is artwork. I know it's kind of eroded away, but the whole thing is artwork. I wish I could see more details on it, but this is, uh, this is, um, it looks Mayan. If if the Mayans really did all the artwork that they did uh, in their area, of course, uh, from what I understand, they inherited it the actual artwork from or the uh, constructions from the gods because they built all of this stuff according to their people. But that image number two is really interesting. So let's get back to our guys and see what they think. All right, guys, what do you think? Does it look like mine?
3: That 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 whole gigapan where that is, it's it's literally a wall. And at the top, I see exactly where you're, it does look like a guy is holding up that edge the pillar. It, it, it's so interesting when you if you run it even to the left. There, I, like I said, I'm not one usually says I see faces in these things, but you can tell that there were some sort of carvings, um, and it's just so symmetrical. Some of the stuff in there that is falling down. The, the, that I'm doing a whole video on this one. I've I really put a lot of time into to processing the, the gigapan stuff just because it was such a good picture, and that they're fresh from the. The, the only you get the, the raw data. I think it's like 90 days after everybody from NASA gets it and the, the people at JPS so they get to see it first, which these pictures can be brought out much nicer than what we download off the websites, you know, the, hmm. the JPEG files. So the, a lot of the artifacts are gone. So I try to, try to do my best to white
1: balance that. Uh, yeah. but to to, yeah, it yeah, came that, out well. It really, it really looks like a little Dominar is holding a horseshoe magnet.
3: Yeah, a horse, I see a horseshoe down at the bottom of it, right? Like in your hand. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's pretty interesting. Can you guys go to number six of them on? This one, uh, sure. uh, this one kind of, like this is on the same wall. They're stuck at the top of each part of the top, it's symmetrically done how it is. But uh, the middle, the middle one down there, you can see some sort of piping going through it or so, so something that's coming through there's some building material. Uh, I don't see how that could be mineral buildup or something like that. It goes down and it looks like it's flowing down the hill, like water drainage. And we look at some of the places on earth here that they're, you know, they're agents that, that built these things that I mean, the, you know it's a what on the internet we can actually see this stuff for our for ourselves now you YouTube watch people just walking through it. They have water systems that to still work today in some of the Mayans some uh you know India places like that where it was built into the rocks built into the stone somehow they just I don't know if you guys can see that they're uh and there's stuff just coming out of coming out of sand. It's like literally like the sand just blew this place away. And we just sit there looking at the
1: ghosts of it, you know. There's even a Giza, even a Giza reference or a reference to uh to that. And it, it just reminded me of something there. The uh there's a temple uh Giza near the um Sphinx and um the um I'm getting a little want to say the wrong temple name. But,
3: uh, it, uh, it was, oh. hey, we're losing you, buddy.
1: Uh, whoops. There yeah, you are. Can you You're hear back. Yeah. The, um, uh Yeah. They, they discovered that when it was built, and this was, you know, not in million years ago, uh, they had actually aligned the grain in the sedimentary line, uh, sandstone and limestone there, uh, they aligned the grain in the rocks within the walls, you know, so it, it uh, and it could vary, you know, in a in a particular block. But they they actually cut the blocks so that the at the edges, it would match up with the uh, grain or the lines, if you will, in the block next to it.
3: Now, and, imagine, uh, how, imagine how that's how like uh, that it's a civilization actually doing that that would to want to do something like that that would have to be easy to do for you yeah you know what i mean like literally we can do things with small stone look what we can craft is you know with stone things like that hey i almost think the think like of giants when I, when you start talking about yeah stone, but how
1: do you visualize it you know in in the rough <sighs> stone how do you they, you can conceptualize it but i mean they, that's the mind-boggling part that they you're right they somehow made it easy you know it had I mean, to have been
3: somehow whatever yeah. it is. It, it, because it, it looks, and some of the stuff is so perfect, it survives earthquakes, it survives uh, here on Earth, yeah. You know? mm-hmm. uh, that they, they are not going anywhere. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, that, that, we got Go two ahead. callers. Yeah, yeah, I was just saying, Keith, that's two callers. Uh,
1: Keith, you know, put do we for somebody who the wolves? Yeah. Oh!
4: We oh. The, what? uh.
3: Uh, he said, let me. Okay. Yeah. We're gonna screen the calls first. Now this Well, This is, this is Mr. Hoagland's show. We uh, he gave us the Keith Enterprise tonight. Uh, so I wish he had been here to, to talk about. It. He was really excited this morning when I talked to him about the uh, uh, about that the glass stuff. I mean, he was he was. Oh yeah.
4: He wouldn't tell um, me exactly
3: what it was though. He was like he was like, you'll just have to see. It <laughs> well, I'll do exactly we what we what getting at.
1: <laughs> well, while Keith's screening the calls, I'll uh, maybe I'll pick up with um, I think. Andrew brought up. Uh, yeah, you, re- Andrew, you reminded me something when you about something when you mentioned Rome because it's yeah. one, of the, one of the crossing points that I um, talk about. The uh, civilizations can plateau, and when they hit certain plateaus, I call it a bootstrap barrier. With a that's my term. Long explanation. Don't worry about it. But uh, <laughs> when they get to there, they can stay there for a long time because it takes something to trigger a transition to another one. In other words, everything is adequate at that point. Everything works, it works the way it works and people like to be comfortable. They like to do things in a comfortable, comfortable way. And so they won't change it unless somebody comes up with a revolutionary change. That's why it's always such a terrible cultural disaster when people who think they're doing the right thing say, oh no, we should do this entirely differently. You know, without a rationale, without it actually having a good reason to be done differently, you know, because there's obviously almost anything can be done in different ways. Well, in the case of the Romans, they were inches away from an industrial revolution. They had all the pieces that they needed. Hero of Alexandria's little, um, call it an arrow pile, and it's a little spinning steam engine. Basically, it's a globe with a couple of little bent tubes coming out of it. You put a little water in there, and it, it can spin on a little frame. You put a little fire under the frame, it would boil the water, and the steam coming out of there would cause the thing to spin. And that's as much inspiration as um, Watts or anyone else had. Uh, when, the real, when our known industrial revolutionary revolution happened, I you know, said, oh, well, if you can do that, you can do this. You know, and then they uh it goes on from there. And eventually you deviate enough away from the way that everything fit together technologically before, uh, that it's no longer an option. The old way is no longer an option. You have to do it the new way.
0: Hey guys, and, um we we have uh, Robert Morningstar on the line.
1: I'm uh, gonna bring
0: him on. Okay. Uh, sure. Okay. Robert, are you there? I
3: always enjoy his emails.
0: Oh, sorry. I'm
9: sorry. I'm enjoying the show immensely, especially the baseball part. <laughs> baseball on Mars. Now, I wanted to say that um, you guys are doing a great job, and uh, Richard and I have been communicating about that uh, the crash uh, site of the of the lander, and I informed him that last night I watched uh, late evening news on Fox News, and they showed the picture. But they removed all the bu- blue hues and they cropped out that corner that is totally saturated in, in uh, uh, an even blue uh, light, as if the light is coming through a celestial blue-tinted ray bands. So Richard uh, contacted me today. I contacted him about that, and he asked me if I have contacts at Fox. I have several and I said that if he sends me the um
6: the information
9: or a press release, I'll be happy to forward it to fox News NASA never a straight answer, and um they really cropped it tight, and they took a lot of the blue the scattered blue uh, material out of the picture, so they're at it again well job uh I will. I liked seeing that pipeline going through the rocks. I found we found some of those on the moon too. I think it was Keith Dung- Laney who's found a lot of those.
3: You know, anyway. there's in China. China, they have the same type of thing. Of They're Dongong pipes or something. I forget. I don't know how you say, it, but it, I, I've seen it on YouTube. Where it's like these pipes that run, like through the. Through the gravel, through the land, through everything, through the brooks, and then out to the sea, and you can see them coming out and they they carry water still it's crazy,
9: yeah, there's you know? also quite a quite a number of them, in the moon photos from Apollo, there are some that go well, let's call them dunes rather than mountains, but I've found one that um that it seems to extend a mile from a high dune in Apollo fourteen of course, the best work in that regard is uh, Keith Laney's uh, Hidden Mission, and his Jigapans. I wonder what he, he, where he gets those. They're really he makes them. spectacular.
3: He yeah. makes them. Yeah. that's a lot of work. He you, you download every file, then you got to basically translate, you transmit them, and you put them into a software, it makes them. And he he he's really good with the coloring too. So I exactly like his stuff. Him and Neville Thompson, a guy who does really good ones, mm-hmm. and Todd. I only put them up when I'm making a video usually so I could get some pre-hits on it let other people see. Like now I want to make a video for this one. Like, I, I, There's a lot of people who can snapshot on GigaPan. You can take snapshots, which if mm-hmm. you know, just sign up for GigaPan, it's kind of cool. So you could go to
1: these pictures and you know, say, oh, I see this, and put a little square there and tell you what you see. So Yeah, it's pretty sophisticated software that does the color balance from frame to frame and stuff. They're mosaic stitchers. NASA uses a different one. But that GigaPan one is, a, is, I think, more sophisticated than what uh, – I don't completely agree with any of them. But I think that the GigaPan uh, that you're talking about, are, I think that's a better one than NASA uses. You know, everybody uses yeah, He, also, he, he
9: also did a beautiful job on the, uh, some of the early uh, uh, Perseverance photos from last year. And I featured one of them on Coast to Coast which seemed to have the, the airframe, the wreckage of an airframe that looked an awful lot like the Horton uh, jet, jet fighter that they were working on, the Nazis were working on at the end of World hmm. War II.
1: So I, I hope that Keith Laney is listening. It, yeah, go ahead. And, uh, oh, sorry. I said I, I hope Keith
9: Laney is listening, and we'll hear him again on the other, other side hmm. of midnight soon. Yeah. If not there, on um, my show. We've done a couple yeah. of shows. Oh, one show together. There you go. It's awfully quiet. Uh, if anybody nice. wants to
1: pop all the way up to number four in my items, I realized I never did the first one, so the, this is relevant to that because it's a um, from the navigational camera on Perseverance. Top yeah, look, is the yeah. At the top, there's the, the there's the frame as presented. I mean, I cleaned it up, but it's you know you can see the color on the ground and everything. Yeah. But then down below, it's the black and white shots. You see the um, Uh, that's that, whatever that thing is that's lying on the ground and next to it, that's the negative image, you know, cause I I was wondering why I couldn't get more detail out of the reverse. Well,
9: the drainage, the drainage hole or whatever, and there's one that's very dark, but you were able to bring it up, uh, Mm -hmm. to be more visible. Um, yeah, yeah. I remember to we talked a couple of days ago about the similarity between that and what they pass off as uh, the effects of the rat tool. Yeah, number one, John's item number one.
1: Can, uh, yeah, those you, are the ones uh, I wanted to talk about. Everybody asks me about those, and i never. Uh, finally, I said I'm going to put them on the sh- put them on the show and actually talk about them. That is not yeah. the result of a uh, of a drill. That is a thing. Right. That is a that is a ring it is metal it is on the ground, and in that case of that one it's like filled with um, some sort of white granular substance which yeah. i think Robert you yeah. mentioned it's got blue specks in it and
3: oh, wow. uh, holy look at this uh, this is this is what what is early
1: spirit or opportunity uh, that's, uh, I, that's opportunity I... that's oppor- from the number that's uh, uh, spirit yeah. Uh, that's and, the shower. Um, the it looks like a shower drain, the and that's what I called the original yeah, one that I posted, like that. which is
9: number two. The one two. that I found looked actually like a sculpture. I presented it in 2004 uh, before the uh, American Institute of Aeronautics and Astronautics at a conference over in Johns Hopkins, and I called it art. Because after about two months of uh, staring at it, it looks like art. It looks like art. I realized, my God, it's a sculpture of the planet Mars and the Valles Marinaris and Solus Lacus, as it would be seen from outer space a couple of uh, thousand miles up. So my paper was accepted and uh, I presented it there as a TMA-1, the Martian Artifact a sign of intelligence life, intelligent life on Mars. So when I saw that, uh, I jumped. Cause, uh, mm-hmm. It's very similar, except detail of the planetary details that I found are not in it, but you have that white granular stuff with speckles of blue as well. Mm-hmm. Fascinating photograph. It looks like a, yeah. a fitting, as you said, a pipe fitting or a drain. Yeah, or
1: yeah like a number two – yeah, number two is the way the bottom part of it is. I've even got it for wallpaper on my phone because it shocks people. Uh, <laughs> the uh, close up of it, you can see that there's like a little screen or something behind it and there's the broken cap uh, that was over the hole. And, uh, the, uh, on the upper right, uh, that's a vertical surface. It's not on the ground. It's not flat on the ground. The one above it, number one, that's all, that's on the ground. This one is on a vertical surface, and you see all the dark dust or schmoofs around it. Mm-hmm. They uh, they actually reached over with the rover, and they touched it, and it blew that cap off. Oh, I was going
9: to ask you about the uh, semicircle part that looks like it's broken, and why did you call broken. it a Spirit flange, I, I was confused. Well, I you if, you, if
1: you look at the uh, – yeah, if you look closely at it on the um, – yeah, you don't even have to go to the larger one. But if you look at the, um, uh, you know, the full image, that's well, not the whole frame, but it's most Oh, is, it. this uh, this, well, this is, is
4: this is, a, this is the, the thing that with Spirit and Opportunity, hat,
1: just a uh, – the, uh, the, the, the thing with Spirit and Opportunity is the they didn't have the color cameras. They had black and white cameras. And so that's, yeah. so the, so the color pictures are triplets. You know, they took a red, a blue and a green and they had uh-huh. 11 filters on there. So sometimes they got creative, uh, but, um, and sometimes they didn't tell us which was which, but, uh, yeah, that, those are easy to put together and you get something that looks entirely different, uh, in a technicolor sense from the stuff that Um, comes out of curiosity or even perseverance, because as expensive and lovely as those framing cameras are, they're scanners. Those are basically TV pictures.
9: You know, Ron, a friend of mine who's also an expert in uh, photography and uh, film uh, equipment told me that you can take a black-and-white photograph, shoot a red a filtered copy of it, and then shoot a blue filtered copy of it. Overlay them, and they will bring out the colors. I, uh, yeah, you done. can
1: do that. The that's uh, Edwin Land, you know, the Polaroid guy, uh, derived yeah. a, a system of using that in photography. And uh, the Polaroid ca- that's why the Polaroid cameras had such vibrant images because they were uh, it was constructed that way. Of course, the information's there. There's even a way to I, I've got a methodology for turning a black and white picture into a color picture. It just kind of takes a while, and um, you have to do a little guesstimation, which I hate to do. But anyway, but to the thing the, the flange thing here, if you look at the yeah. full shot of it, you see there's a white spot at top and bottom, and you look at those yeah. closely. Those are the holes where the brads or nails or screws or whatever were. Because when you look at the original picture, they took a lot of pictures of this. And the other one, the one in number one, is a completely different one. It's in the same area.
9: Oh, I Uh, thought this might have been the same one and that they...
1: No, it's a uh, completely different example. Uh, This is not... And there's more than one of these. There's more than several. And uh, there's dozens of pictures. There were just only a couple that were triplets. And uh, the uh, you can see in the original one that the whatever the screws that were holding down the ring were, whatever yeah. they were made out of, aluminum, they completely corroded away. So when they touched it, they, that stuff just fell away like dust. And then when they touched it, it touched it in the center, apparently there was pressure behind it because it blew the top off. If well, you look at the black or by white, By the way, you look I'm, at
9: the- I'm really glad you mentioned Dr. Land because I, I want to mention that I am the proud owner of a prism that was cut, hand cut, by Dr. Land during World War II. He was working on lucite, cool. the first. Uh, he was trying to make bulletproof uh, windshields for our fighters, and experimenting sure. with lucite, and he carved out the most beautiful jewel. Uh, You can imagine, um, hard to describe, uh, it's, uh, a prism. Basically it's a prism. The thing was so sharp at the edges that I had to file it down because it was dangerous. It, It could really gouge and cut. And, um, the amazing thing about it is he cut this during World War II and it was given as a gift to me by one of his workers at the end of World War II. He gave it to her as a gift. She was a lab technician. Then she became my Tai Chi student in the late 70s, so she gave it to me as a gift, and it's carved in the shape of that uh, the modern-type Polaroid that he came out with in the 70s. Remember the first color one that had sure, the I odd had one. shape? Oh, yeah. Actually, well, they came out in, the, the, actually, came out in the 50s. exactly like that camera. I made a mm-hmm. short film about it. I'll share it with you fellows privately. Okay. I call it Dr. Jo- Dr. Land's Family Jewel. Hey', but, hey Rob. Uh, you get back yeah. to the
3: program yes I, mean, I, just, yeah. is I saying, interesting hey, you rock rock I will take number three out man this is, this is cool I, mass there there's the one on the right, which that that's the that's the abrasion pool cat, but the one on the left yeah. NASA stopped for that thing. they just stopped out of nowhere. It was like okay. uh, one day there because it was a pretty long drive. they were dick that day. he could see from where's curiosity and they
1: stopped dead on and check that thing out that's a very i did a whole video on it's crazy looking yeah yeah those are pet those are perseverance yes and the one on the left is definitely not a part of the rover no no yeah the, right but the on, one on the right the one yeah the one on the right absolutely is i'm still i'm still a little unclear about their explanation as to how it ended up there but yeah that's what happens when you backtrack.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Where you, we're used to, I, you can see where it was when they did, because they came around that close. Where
4: they went. I've, yeah,
3: I've on? really been, I've,
1: I've really been waiting years, to a couple of years now, to uh, expose this business with the flanges. So <laughs> just go back that up in the two, and look at the black and white one. That is before they touched it, and you can see that that is the shadow of the rover. Falling on the um, on it, so you can see it's a it's a. That's why I say I'm so sure it's a vertical surface. They rolled up uh, to get close to it, and that was the same shadow. And then they stared at it. They took so that's it intact in the black and white. There you can see it's not busted apart, and you can see there's more than there's more than one of them. You know, there's uh,
9: go ahead.
2: So, Ron, you're saying that this isn't a wall, some sort rock face or a wall. This this.
1: Cement, yeah, it's a circle, circle. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you can even see that they where those little holes are on the yeah. color picture. They there's still little lumps there on this yeah. one. They haven't touched it yet. They didn't disturb it. And when they did, it blew the ta- it blew it apart, and uh, you got uh, that dirt around it. And uh, yeah, they didn't drill this hole. They were just what the hell were these? Well, with the pressure behind it, I have an answer. It's a genuine Edgar Rice Burroughs level Barsoom air vent there was a habitat there and that was how the ha- that was how the air came out what does nasa say, or what did nasa say this is what was there not a word
3: not, not a word, a
4: word.
2: that's why the, you,
3: i love yeah, the video met,
4: on
1: these
3: brother this is cool yeah, this is beautiful. really cool you oh show- there's
1: like and there's like 10 of them and these are not yeah, the result of the drill oh yeah well i can't give you an exact number i don't know i've gone through the archives the uh and i found a bunch of them like i said oh. there, there's only a couple that are that were color triplets and that's everybody wants the color you know including me
3: that's really neat if you want to send some of he sent some of the files over to me the the originals or where they're at we can we can do something cool i'll put a video together that that does need to be shown i have not seen these i've been doing this wow. for
1: a long time now that's pretty cool <laughs> yeah there's so another other one that as keith i think uh morgan i think said uh the um somebody was doing some artwork with the drill, you know, inspired yeah. by this, uh, the, because there's, it's, you don't see it on these. There's mm-hmm. another one that has a, uh, it, obviously they drilled cause you remember the, the drill was really kind of a brush thing on yeah. the, um, on the opportunity and spirit was kind of minor league. You know, it wasn't <laughs> drilling big, deep holes. Didn't go core samples. But, you know, <laughs> these little samples. Oops.
0: Ooh, he just disappeared. Yeah, he
1: disappeared. And tank,
0: lost dogs get uh, a yeah. uh, they, dog. Same size or
1: anything. Okay, well I finally got that story out. If anybody's ever been curious about it. Good. Okay. Back okay, play amongst yourselves. No, I'm sorry. I just <laughs> you have no idea how long how long I wanted to do that. I had so much trouble ever introducing it into the show that finally I said, I'm just gonna post this periodically when I'm on and not say a word. You know you
2: know, guys, you know, you know, guys. You know, you know what's really frustrating is Will. You would resonate with this, and I know we're about ninety seconds out, probably sixty seconds now. Is that Scott Waring? And uh, maybe after I love the him break, and I hate him. yeah. <laughs> you Nobody. Know, no, he got. He got, I this, I yeah. him. What's that? He Go got coverage again for some silliness on Mars, and yet look at this. Oh, good there's a
3: lot of disinformation
2: going on right now there's one
3: person who's putting pictures photoshopping them in and literally every day as the th- as perseverance comes down they have that thing up this video up and they've oh. got so many people who think it's real on the comments it's oh. crazy i'm like oh man this is so fake and it's literally like you can tell it's photoshopped they shouldn't like oh. it's bad but they're getting a lot of
4: hits you no.
3: but then then channels like mine i haven't been making videos like i used to but uh the algorithms have changed. You know, they really have uh, pushed down some of my friends, you know, views and stuff like that. But this Scotty Waring guy, he anytime he puts up something uh, for us, it usually takes off. He some for some reason all the other places go to his website to get it. It's like the hub for either good stuff or disinformation because he's put some of the stuff out that was real.
0: Hey you know? okay, so, guys. Uh, we're, we're coming up on the uh, bottom of the hour, and. Uh, You're listening to The Other Side of Midnight, and we'll be right back after the break.
7: Membership costs $9.95 a month, $0.33 a day. Support the broadcast that provides you with the most interesting conversation available. Talk radio at the cutting edge of science and thought. TheOtherSideOfMidnight.com
6: the Other Side of Midnight.com Talk radio, with pictures, on demand. Liberate your hyperdimensional time scale, and non-linearly access over 400 hours of conversation at the cutting edge of science and thought. Join Club 19.5 to get access to exclusive content that fits your interests and time schedule. Filter episodes by guest or subject. Membership costs, $9.95 a month, $0.33 a day. Listen while you travel or as an environment for your endeavors. $0.08 an episode. Two and a half cents per hour of content. The other side of midnight.com.
0: And welcome back to The Other Side of Midnight. We've really got a heated discussion going on. And it sounds pretty good because every time I look at these pictures from Mars, I'm like, what are these people can't see? But, hey, there's stuff like that in Utah, and it, it stands out like gangbusters, and nobody wants to accept it as being artificial. It's oh, it's natural. It's natural. No. So let's get back to our guys and see what they've got next. Okay, what do we got, guys? You're hot. Let uh, we see
1: yeah there was, we go where we go everybody here
0: yeah everyone's here
1: okay uh the
0: um Except for real yeah it's, it's
1: well they are natural keith i mean or uh, it's uh, artwork that especially uh what you call parietal art is uh you know cave, whether it's cave drawings or carved stones it's real it's the history they don't want to accept i mean if you said that somebody did that last week, people would buy it. You know, it's like, which restaurant gets the most customers? The one with the best food or the one with the best advertising? You know, that's, that applies to the Mars stuff. You know, thats uh, these people that pump the stuff out on YouTube, and uh, they maintain a certain standard personalized level of mediocrity, and they keep making the same mistakes and the same alterations and the same, same bogus modifications, and it's just like, tell the lie enough say it loud enough say it long enough and people start to believe it you we know get, they're trying to overwhelm the real evidence
0: what itself. gets me Ron is like yeah. well, this is the 21st century but yet academia is still thinking with 13th century mentality well we don't going to accept that cuz it doesn't fit our paradigm it doesn't fit what we mm-hmm. think that things took place instead of digging deeper and looking at the real evidence if something shows that it's older than what you had in mind or what you were taught, you're going to have to tear down that paradigm and start all over again. Because if if the evidence says it's older than what you thought it was, then you're going to have to accept it and move on. And, and but they don't want to do it. They want to stick now, to that hard line. That's what Richard had
1: a wonderful insight uh, last week which would have been part of last week's show, had <laughs> not been troubles, I guess. Uh, you know the uh, phrase, which I don't think Richard came up with it, but he certainly identified with it, the uh, acronym NASA stands for never a straight answer. You know, uh, mm-hmm. he, um, he said, what have they come up with in the last 50 years? You know, it's like, the uh, just pick something easy, like geology. Uh, what analysis of Martian geology have they gained and promulgated and given to all uh, beyond what they came up with from Mariner back in the 60s? You know, what have you know? Have they learned anything? No. Doesn't sound like it. If you talk to them, if you see the see the daily and weekly. Uh, blurbs about what uh, Perseverance is up to or any other program. They keep saying the same stuff over and over. I mean, if anything was self-defeating and making it look like what they're doing is a pointless waste of money, uh, it's that stuff. they're offering you no know, results. You know, they're not even working around the edges of everything's real. They're giving us stuff that is legitimate and not mentioning it. Like these, like these pictures of this um, stuff from Spirit. These flanges. The um, you know, I think I'm getting that wrong. I always get believe it or not, I always get opportunity and Spirit confused because the the first uh, they uh, you know the one of them starts with one. You know, one I thought is opportunity. I don't know. No, it's got. Let me see. Uh, you know, one is Spirit. Two is opportunity. Anyway, point is they're not. Uh, you know what? What have they demonstrated? You know, think about all they were talking about—the uh, the, the, the features in Jezero Crater and the you know the floodplain and the this and that and the sedimentary that sedimentary other thing. It's gibberish. It's gibberish. Aren't they learning anything? What's the point of million-dollar sensors if they're not deriving any new information?
0: Uh, uh, we got uh, Sorry. Well, yeah. we got Robert's no, got go his ahead. hand up, but. I wanted to say something before I bring okay. him in. Um, Please, sorry. When I was doing my research uh, about us receiving radio signals from Mars in 1924, I came across uh, right. the Washington Post 1965, and there was a small article talking about how the um, the unions at the at NASA were upset because key positions were being given to retired military personnel. And the charter says that uh, the military cannot operate NASA. But if you put your retired people in there, technically they're civilians, but they still have their oath of allegiance and oath of secrecy. And if they get in there and they're told to put their thumb on something or don't let that out, they're going to do what they've been trained to do, follow orders. And there was a key right there that, NASA was being taken over by the military before we went to the moon. Four years before we went to the moon, and uh, I'm, I'm like, nobody saw this. Nobody's paying attention to it. I, it was, it was almost like it was blatant that they were putting their people in place to squash anything that may have come up that could have upset their apple cart. And we're, we're in the same kind of thing right now. It's it's constantly an ongoing hide it, cover it up, shovel it under the under the rug. Don't let anybody know because we have control and we don't want it out. But now the cat's out the bag, the UAPs, the whole nine yards. And it's time for us to move forward. So let's bring Robert back on and see what Robert's got. Hey, Robert, what you got?
9: Oh, I was—I have a question for Ron about uh, number picture number 13. Uh, it's called Not Rocks 2. Oh, yeah, the something uh, yeah, yes. In the center section, which is uh, what I'll call the cinemascope uh, proportion. The, the, the <laughs> <wide> <laughs> That's a
1: better name than I had for it. Yeah, go ahead.
9: Yeah, so there's something odd under that clump of Not Rocks. And it's that everything is backlit. The sun is is behind the rock. Yet in the shadow area, it looks like there's a hollow and there's something like a white rock or a white object under the rock. With a
1: reddish tinge to it?
9: Yeah, the reddish, reddish, I would call it white because Mars is red. Anyway, whatever. It's Mm -hmm. reflecting light. More strongly than uh, I think something in dark shadows should should be doing. I wonder if Ron had looked cl- more closely at that, and maybe we can yeah. enhance that and support that. that particular uh, actually, object. this is pretty
1: well enhanced. But you know, you bring up something that I I have noticed before myself. So you've you've brought up one of those uh, bunions of a problem, because there are a lot of times when things that are in the shadows on these images seem to almost have a glow. It goes beyond just the iridescence of, you know, refracted or reflected or refracted light. There's something else going on there. And uh, this is, yeah, even in this big, ugly lump, and to me, it's a big, ugly, aggregate lump of stuff that I can't figure out how it got there. Either, you know, whether it's a quashed engine or it's a bolus from some giant Martian dinosaur. um, That's uh, ravaging at ravaging predators, they what they can't digest, they regurgitate. let called call bolus. bolus, uh, but whatever the hell it is, yeah, it's you're right. There's a weirdness there, and if you look, if you look at if you, for some, that should be so deeply embedded
9: under that uh, clump of rocks, and with the light coming from behind, uh, I don't have an easy explanation for it. So I just thought I'd bring yeah. that up. Great for, Again, yeah, no, yeah. Good, Glenn, I want Your photos are fantastic, and your, your photo enhancements are, are really thrilling to watch.
1: Okay, thank you. Mute. I try and keep them clean. No, no, no. Well, one thing, one thing more, Robert, you'd like this. If you, if you look at the – if you tap on them, you know, you get to see those full-res versions of them. And these yeah. images in this uh, mosaic all have the image number on them. Uh, the ones that don't have the full image numbers because I pulled them off of a panorama I did, and so it overlaps more than one frame, and I'm just being fussy. But in the case of this one, it's just one picture, and uh, Mars Science Laboratory zero zero five two. That's the uh, the first the first digits of the na- of the numbers on Curiosity images are the sol. This was that early. This was just a month and a half um uh, uh, depending on how you calculate it, but you know, fifty two fifty two Solves into the mission and they ran across this. So anybody thinks that they you know they were um uh they had they were learning anything only later or that the anomalies are rare, uh, you know, that's no no no. That's from Sol fifty two. Uh the thing that looks to me like an old fashioned um adding machine or something in the top left, it's probably part of a, an agricultural equipment of uh, some sort uh, with the wheels on the side of it. It's, that's from Saul 710, and um, I think, and so is probably, let me see, where's the number? Uh, yeah, that's Sol 710. No, 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 I'm sorry. The, the green machine thing looks like is uh, Sol um, 1106. Yeah, you know, these are early. One more
9: comment. One more comment on this. You said you can't figure out uh what it is or how it got there. I think that these pictures more than most really uh validate John Brandenburg's uh, theory of a nuclear holocaust on Mars because that would be my explanation for how all these things got uh melted and ruptured and scattered. Oh. So Oh, I'd uh, agree. I'd all- agree. Thanks for your answer.
1: Well, thanks for your interest and your insights. Um, the, uh, yeah, Mars had more than one really, really bad day. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and uh, that's why we can't understand some of the stuff. And uh, oh, as I'm just tying up some loose comments here. My comments about wood and petrified wood and ancient forests. Uh, if anybody wonders what those trees look like, because um, they, they were pre angiosperm and and um, the, uh, oh, I just saw a new rendition the other day, and okay, I can't remember the full name, so if I can't pronounce it perfectly, I won't say it, but uh, if you've ever seen what's known as a quiver tree, quiver, like an arrow quiver, uh, that's the name they go under. Uh, they're found all over southern Africa. And there are those trees that look almost like they're upside down or like they're a brush. They're just a single straight trunk, and it just breakates into all these branchy things pointing up. Uh, the, um, uh, that's what the stuff looked like. It was uh, you know, a tall trunk, possibly with some sort of strange moisture carrying fiber on the outside. but um, the, um, uh, the kind of the kind of trees we're used to are that way because of the gravity here. And because of the lighter gravity on Mars, they were more like a stalk of celery because they didn't need the added strength of the hardwood to keep the trunk from falling over. Make any sense to anybody? And so all the shrubbery at the top of it. They don't have all the brachyte branching and everything that we're used to.
3: That's uh, interesting. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah go, for it, go for it, Andrew.
2: Yeah, real quick. Uh, Please. Yeah, Ron, the, these trees remind me of kind of of what we saw in 2001 a space odyssey in the um initial scenes with the the you know the humans
1: exactly the, the, exactly yeah. exactly yeah that's uh, those are quiver trees those th- those things i um i know they should have a fancier name but they just uh, somebody uh back when the bow and arrow was the brand new weapon of war somebody said oh looks like a quiver for arrows you know cuz they were um, they weren't usually as tidy and scientifically impossible as the ones that Green Arrow wears on his back. They were um, more like a basket, <laughs> and um, they were a bag. Uh, anyway, just random trivia.
3: I love you. Put I, I got caught up at number fourteen, in the the Sedona area. The uh, I love that picture. It's one of my favorite ones. Every time I open it up. I was yeah. hoping uh,
1: I was uh, that's why I included it. I didn't expect we would discuss it much, but I figured everybody's got that interest, and there's so much more there. Wow! Than the face, than the yeah. face, and that, this is from the Europeans. This is from yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, from Newcomb. It's the be- it's the best picture of the area that was ever taken, and about the only one. And yes, there are secrets there that I found, but they'll have to wait for the book.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> They're… Hey,
2: uh, hey. Yeah. Ron, Ron, I, I, let's not. Open up. We better not open that up because that—that's an amazing image. And I can. Can you come back and finish what you were saying about why you think Rome didn't make that next step? Because I mean, a lot of the words you use very much echo and resonate with this time. You know, where we were, I think, in many ways, in many of our societies, at least, at least in the Western culture, I believe, lulled into a very, you know kind of sloppy comfortableness and you know my um my late father he passed away a few years ago one of the things he said to me in sort of the final years of his life when i was sometimes would ask him questions he'd get a little prickly with me and say leave me alone i'm comfortable in my uncomfortableness and you know i i and i think i think humanity is so much that way i mean we're all a little guilty of it i think i know i am Mm-hmm. And I, I think overall we 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 need big pushes, you know, precipices or little nudges. And you know, I I, I do think it's salient what you were saying about Rome and where yeah. we're headed now.
1: Well, absolutely. And it's uh, well, they got uh, they got busted up, you know, by invasions. Uh, but the uh, the reason that they didn't change anything, it's like, uh, well in in uh in america in colonial america the um the reason that uh it didn't become an industrial power earlier than it did was because they had established as much like rome as part of their system their economic ecosystem if you will the concept of slavery you know we have a completely different slant on what slavery means and what uh, and so forth now than used to be, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't color determined than uh, the past. Uh, I don't want to get into that. Everybody gets mad and then everybody gets shut down and we get banned from Twitter and everything. Right. But the point, yeah, the point, the point is it, as a labor force, it was the engine, you know, that made things that built things. And the, uh, there was a lot the, um, there was a lot of opposition to Uh, the industrialized north, uh, of the, of the states, uh, which, uh, because in the south, you know, they could have come, they could have started using cotton gins and, you know, and industrialized a lot of the production of the crops that they had. uh, And then they wouldn't have needed the labor force, but the labor force was already there and it was self-sustaining. You know, it was, and, uh, it was, and, uh, the same and, and, thing and, happens over and over. And,
2: and, and, and mean, it's, and it's a culture, like you say, it's like an economic yeah. culture.
1: Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it could be, it could be machines. You know, it doesn't have to involve slavery. It could be, if you have a mechanism, a mechanism for getting stuff done, it stays that way, uh, until there's a reason for it to change. You can't just come up with an outside reason, you know, like the current push, to eliminate all use of fossil fuels—that's insane. It's disastrous yeah. and it's it's self-defeating because, uh, for one thing, I had a chat earlier today, unexpectedly, with somebody about those uh, the wind farms that they built in the um, in the American Midwest, like Nebraska and Iowa, and the blades on those on those windmills that are supposed to produce all this electricity. Are nothing but bird shredders. I mean, it's literally you know feathers and birds lying all over the place because they can't they can't do anything about them. You know their movements are unpredictable even to the birds. You know they ride the winds, they can read the winds, but they can't read little gusts and tufts in them that will change the velocity of those of those blades. And the blades are like 150 feet long. They didn't have to be. They could have made them smaller. Out of normal, more normal materials like fiberglass, they would have worked just fine. You know, designed them to spin a little faster. Then they could have put up screens to keep the birds away. But no, you had to accelerate it past its reasonable technological limits and use high tech. Space program type materials to make these 150 long bla- foot long blades that can't be contained in a reasonable screen like you would put around the screen in your house.
0: Well, Ron, w- it. yeah. When they had uh, when they had those uh, solar uh, sun f- farm out in the desert where all the mirrors were pointing up towards one point on a tower and uh-huh. focusing the sun there. Uh you could see these little puffs of smoke going by. It was birds flying into the the rays getting fricazeed right there and they they oh, they, they didn't couldn't. do much to help that you know, they they eventually i think they put some sonic sounders up or something to keep the birds away but mm-hmm. it, that was a fiasco. We, there's yeah, there's
1: no, that's, an excellent, that's an excellent example. Exactly. It has to be balanced, and that's why the old ways tend to have a certain inertia that's deserved. And in the, in the case of Rome, uh, there's that somewhat apocryphal story that I kind of tend to believe about one of the emperors who was um, – uh, one of the Caesars anyway – that had someone come to them, a craftsman who had developed a flexible glass. And so that, the fact that it had a little flex, because, you know, the thing about glass is it's very, very hard, but it's also very brittle. Uh, it could make glassware that you could drop, which they did a lot. And um, they drank a lot of wine. And um, it wouldn't break, you know. And uh, the uh, so he thought he was, you know, he was giving it to Rome. You know, here, here's Caesar. You know, and he expected a pat on the head, or you know, maybe a little stipend or something, and instead he had him executed, and his work destroyed because it would have destroyed the glass industry, which yes. they got a piece of. You know, and it's like if if the reason I think it's more than an apocryphal story is that back when um, um, Generalissimo Francisco Franco was not dead yet and was was running things in Spain old old S N L reference. Uh, yeah, I was over there and you couldn't buy a lighter. You know why? Because the government owned the match companies. Ah. <laughs> That's
4: you
1: could, could but yeah, yeah, so you could you didn't get free matches in the in the um, corner store. But uh, they were good matches. Nice big fat packs of them, then boxes. But you uh, had to buy them, and you couldn't buy a lighter. Couldn't buy a lighter. to so, say, uh, I don't think they were strictly illegal, but you'd have to buy them in some other country, to smuggle them in. Uh, hey guys,
3: we got we got five minutes to go. Let's wrap it uh, up. Got five minutes. we that quick. It's going by really fast.
2: <laughs> well, guys, if if I may say something, Will. Um, you know, so there's obviously the sort of stubbornness and being stuck in the uncomfortableness. But there's also this big push now, and, and I know that everybody's like here in Canada, you know, they've changed the name of weather organizations to say the global climate change coverage, you know, and it's like okay, here we go. So oh, it, you know, yeah, well, okay. So if if it's if it's not about global climate change, and if it's about switching us over to a different system, is is this an inevitable thing that's going to you know that, that's coming in terms of a different kind of energy, or do we have to make an impression? to someone else out there that we can clean up our act. Is that uh,
9: I don't Keith has some of these but I have I have personal contact.
0: Okay we're losing Oh they you know?
9: break
3: it up really bad, yeah. Try that again, Ron.
1: I said I have I have I have personal contact assurances of the existence of uh, power sources that are every bit as advanced as like a a generator on Stargate. You know, like that was the model for that. They have suitcase sized power devices that they use in spe- the uh, super secret operations sometimes that will, you know, they would power a baseball field's lights. Uh, and then these guys come out. You know, the guys with no marks on their – with no insignia on their uniforms, they open this little suitcase, attach the heavy cables to the, to the lights around the crash scene or whatever it is, and that powers everything as long as they need it is. And then they disconnect the cables, close up the suitcase, put it back in their car, unmarked car, and drive away. And uh, that stuff exists. It exists now. And presumably there's more than one or two of them, so they know how to manufacture them. Uh, but they don't want to disrupt the power industry as it exists, and that argument, uh, which is understandable if evil, uh, has been corrupted further by people that have no understandings of science to say, "Well, we have to move to this other way of doing stuff." You know, no, that's not the same thing. You know, suppressing a technology because it's got too many possible uh, bad results is not the same thing. And um, the I, I, that's my. Last word of resentment for the evening, but i'm very heavily <laughs> I'm, I'm very heavily caffeinated because I discovered a new source uh uh the uh, a local restaurant has a beverage promo going on, and when I actually looked on the tank of this fruit juice that I was drinking, I discovered that it had more caffeine in it than three uh cans of monster so and I'm not exaggerating wow
4: oh,
3: man. sixty seconds guys that, that...
0: Yeah, we're coming to the end here. Uh, this has been interesting.
1: Oh, it's been so, wonderful, and you've been very good, Keith. Thank you. Uh, excellent Keith. Yes, thank you.
2: Yes. Yeah, thank you,
1: guys.
3: Check uh, out the GigaPan, guys. Mark it up. It's
2: that Absolutely. Right, absolutely. Yeah, Will, you should use your channel, too. Hey,
3: you mm-hmm. What's up in the sky, 37? I'm, I'm linked up on Richard's stuff. We, uh, and uh, Robert. Yeah, some good stuff, man. Let's talk about that drain pipe for real. I want to do a video with you. <laughs> oh, and <laughs> Andrew! That out,
1: so. Andrew, check my number five and look at the lower blown up part of it because we didn't mention that one. And that uh, can you see the profile? Uh, hang
0: on a sec. All right, yeah. guys. That'll be uh, my point. Oh, yeah. All right, guys. Just... <laughs> okay. And you've been listening to The Other Side of Midnight, our guest's Ron Jerbran, Andrew Curry, and Will Farah. As Richard would say, third star on the left, straight on till morning. Good night, all.